I'm going to start this thing off because I'm probably not going to be able to talk that much. I'm just going to be sitting here talking about are Star you Wars. recording? Yeah, oh, yeah I am. Are. I'm just going to be so zoomed out. It's, I can't even you're, see. It. You're going to be talking about Star Wars the whole time while all this other amazing stuff. I mean, the music world. No Keen Kendrick dropped a mother flipping album. So. And if you want to hear me talk about that, you can hear me talk about it on Sight and Sound Music. But Ryan, why don't you tell the kids? Why don't you make a video for it? I am. I'm going to review oh, it. Probably oh. going to be doing that tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait to see it. So yeah, why don't you uh, tell the kids what we're going to be talking about? Well, I mean, you're putting me on the spot right away. Usually, we open. We're just talking at the beginning. I'm of just these sort episodes. of. You're already prefacing. Ready to- no, I'm just prefacing, guys. You are in for a real treat today because Jay and I dedicated this entire episode of Sight and Sound Weekly to Star Wars because Star Wars Celebration is happening uh, right this second in Orlando, Florida. Um, We're recording part of this on a Saturday night, so we've seen the bulk of Celebration. You won't even, probably after a later break, we'll be covering the the Sunday portion uh, in this podcast. But uh, that's still going on, and there's a ton of news that dropped, whether it be uh, movie news, uh, TV news, and uh, even video game stuff and comic stuff, of course. So um, that's probably, well, not probably, it definitely will take up this entire show. Yeah, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm interested to just sort of give my 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 quick thoughts, my hot takes. You know how that goes. But yeah, we do like to start the show off a little bit more relaxed. It's difficult for me to relax right now because I took you out for dinner, took you on a nice little meal. Did you like that? It was a good meal. Was it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I wanted some uh, some Asian noodles. We went and had how would you pronounce it? Fa, 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 fo. Whatever. Poe. Poe. Poe Dameron. Um, can't stand it, Poe Dameron. Uh, look, my belly is full of Asian food and bubble tea, which I exposed you to for the first time. How did you feel about that? I'm still not sure. What word is that? Bubble tea? There's bubble tea and boba tea. Boba tea. Like Boba Fett. Exactly. Is Is it actually like that? Yeah, there were a lot of things on the menu that looked like Star Wars words, <laughs> like the Mandalorian. Shri- I'm just kidding. There's not Mandalorian. Your shri- food kind of looked like when uh, when Han had to cut open the tauntaun to shove. It did shove, shove Luke and mm-hmm. such. And wasn't your boba tea blue? It was purple. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say it might might have looked something like blue milk. It was purple with black balls in it. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, Aunt Bruce, uh blue milk. But I guess not. That should be a uh, that should be like a Star Wars energy drink. It's like blueberry flavored. I don't know how they make it cloudy like that though. It would just be milk, blue milk. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't they? Why don't they make blue milk, blueberry milk like that? I don't know. Or maybe they do. Random I'm question. Sure I'm sure Ran- that's an Asian thing. Random. Well, random question. How do you feel about other types of milk besides normal milk? Um, <laughs> no milk will I'll ever be what. our milk. I'll tell you what. Almond milk, sweetened almond milk, and cereal is amazing. Yeah. Oh, my like goodness. That? Loved it. I remember getting a... Vanilla almond milk. Yeah, it was a vanilla almond milk, and I think I put it... I think I even put it, like, in a Cheerios. Like, the cereal itself was kind of a more boring cereal, but it took it to a new height. Like, it didn't even have to Took it to, to a new hope. 
It didn't even have to be Crunch Berries. It didn't have to be Fruit Loops. That vanilla almond milk made Cheerios into something else entirely, and I loved it. Um, almond regular almond milk is just okay. What other milks are there? That's all <laughs> I've got. I've never had uh, goat milk. I don't know. I don't even. I could coconut tell you. milk. Coke. No, I, I've had coconut water, not coconut milk. Uh, that, that's all the milk I've had, I had and then of th- course the chocolate and strawberry. Um, banana. Have you ever had banana milk? Yes, I have. Yeah. It's okay. It's just sorry. Uh, uh, there's a reason why it doesn't stick around. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think people secretly like our the openings of our podcast. We we did a um, we did an <laughs> after party. Transition. We did an after party uh, a couple a few. Well, we did one last week it that was we scrapped. Horrible. But horrible. We, the first one that we did together, people like that. People pretty they like that. I think they mm-hmm. like to hear what we have to say about things. But I'm actually Luke. Luke just doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. He just listens to like the first 10 minutes and turns it off. He legit- yeah, we're, we're losing him. He I've legitimately asked us what our thoughts were on Fast and the Furious 8. And I was like, what? What did you say? And, and you did. We've talked about it before on here. You did what Jay Williams does when being placed in that situation, which is. No, we talked about it on the podcast. Just go over there and listen. Can like, I? Just- can I legitimately ask you like what? When I said that, were you proud of me that I actually that I was I didn't nicely put it like well because you call me out sometimes for for being acting too nice. nice acting nice because <laughs> <laughs> I know you, the real you and no one else does. That was a little Palpatine. Um, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if proud is the word. I mean, I think you did exactly what I thought you would do in that situation because. It doesn't really sound mean. I mean, I kind of thought it was a ridiculous question, <laughs> given the fact that we just got done talking about it. Hey, but, Luke, uh, Luke, we just talked about it, man. It's, <laughs> it's on the podcast. What, what sucks about that? Um, Luke's OG, though. He's been with us oh, from the very beginning. Uh, I was thinking about the fact that we're gonna be we're gonna have the last word <laughs> on celebration. Like by the time our Sight and Sound Weekly is uh, debuted on Schmo Plus. We will be the last people talking about it. Mm. The fact that Collider and Schmoes have already hit, made like two dozen videos each. I think it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty funny. I'm going to agree and disagree because we're going to be the last. We're going to have the last word on on specifically like what we know of Star Wars Celebration. I guarantee you. The Schmoes No Show next week is going to be like fallout from okay. The, you know what I'm saying? It'll come out the same day. I guess, do you remember? So. Do you remember when we took in? Uh, Collider and Schmo's content after Comic Con, and how oh all God. they did was talk about Comic Con the entire week, as if nobody I had was paid exhausted. attention. Yeah, I was exhausted. Yeah, and we're already coming up on that time again. That's I mean, that's yeah. it. it's just in a couple months now. Um, but wait, I wasn't done with the cereal thing and the milk thing because I, I have okay. I have a very important question. I love cereal. I to my Twitter bio. I didn't know. That I was unique in this regard. I thought that there was just an understood amount of milk that you are supposed to put in cereal. But not everybody agrees on that. How much milk do you put in your cereal? Like, do you just get enough to sort of just get all of the bits wet? I would would say that I probably fill half of my bowl with milk. Okay. 
Do you pour the milk in first or second? No. Who does that? What are you saying no to? I, I give who, you it. Who gave pours you... it the milk in first? I've I've known some That's people to pour weird. it. Weird. You're right. That's fucking I don't weird. Do I don't do it. It's weird. That's like I don't know. That's like finding. That's like putting ice cubes in second, which is, that that makes a mess. Ice cubes you, in you, second? Oh yeah, yeah. You put the ice cubes in, then it's gonna spray out. Disperse everywhere. the water. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's like. Yeah, that's like finding out that your friend kisses his mom on the lips. Hey, uh, Tom Crean, coach of uh, Indiana basketball, that he had that famous picture of kissing his uh, adult son on the lips after a Indiana win. <laughs> What'd you think of that? I don't. I mean. To each their own, but <laughs> really, you're going to use to each their own. Yeah, in that specific case, I don't think so. I don't think it's ever okay. Like it's, it's, I mean, if you it's were weird, a kid, it's different. But it's weird and different that we have a that we spend most of our free time podcasting. Not at all. <laughs> to you're most co- people, you're comparing us spending our time <laughs> podcasting to other people that may or may not kiss their father on the lips. I'm not going to judge or mother. It doesn't even have to be a father. I'm not going to judge. I am. I mean, it's it's a little strange. I'd say I'd say I'd fill half the bowl. I fill a lot of the bowl with with milk. Okay, but it's not. There's still a. There's still like if you looked bird's eye view at my bowl, you probably wouldn't see a lot of the milk. But it's oh, it's there. Are you a milk drinker? Once at the end, yeah, yes. And anyone who isn't is a moron. Yeah. Sometimes I don't feel good after I drink that milk. <laughs> oh God! Sometimes it's I'm like, great. That's sometimes I had the kind. share my share of cereal. I don't need the extra milk. Cereal milk is always the best milk. Always. What uh, least favorite cereal? Most disappointing cereal you've ever had? Because I have have a specific answer. To this. Disappointing cereal. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I really love. I even obscure cereals. I love like. I love. I go through uh, phases where I am addicted to something like Raisin Bran. Yeah, I mean, it, raisin cereal is weird is like that. Good, yeah. Um, Honey bunches of oats with almonds. What? I don't care for that. Oh, it's so good. It it like it never. I put in a lot of milk because I wanted to moisten. It's, ne- it's never satisfying. It, it never moistens, and it's always just a weird. It's just weird for me to eat those almonds and milk. Did you ever know anybody that liked Lucky Charms but didn't eat the marshmallows? There are those weird people who pick out only the marshmallows and then yeah. leave behind. Can't the, do that. Um, what are those a- other Apple things? Jacks? Apple Jacks are f- amazing. Do you remember when uh, cereal cereals changed shape? Uh, tricks. Tricks changed tricks, shape. Tricks went from being shaped like fruit to just being balls. But see, I think it was balls before that. I think it went balls, fruit, the only, balls. Before the fruit. The only ball cereal I remember was Kix. Okay. And I think Kix actually like went out of business for a while or something. Like I think it was Berry Kix that just disappeared from shelves not too long ago. It might be back since then. Um, this is kind of an old topic, but I think, it happened. Didn't Did Apple Jacks change shape no. at one point? Apple Jacks. They've always been those salmon th- colored. Th- they added the color. They added green. green. That's yeah, right. That's what green. it was. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Th- my most disappointing uh cereal of all time i remember when cookie crisps came out and i was like well this just sounds great they're fucking chocolate chip cookies in cereal and i ate it and they it tastes like shit i don't remember it's i don't remember being disappointed by it it was not good 
I, I, I'm weird, though. I, I can even get on board with all those plain cereals. Like Frosted Flakes, Corn Flakes, all those have their place. Yeah. They might have the most boring box in the aisle, but they're still quality. Uh, I've been on a huge Crunch Berries cake recently. I've been eating a lot of Crunch Berries. What, okay. Sometimes I have Crunch Berries for lunch. Let's go, let's go Mount Rushmore of cereals. Five. Oh, God. The Mount Rushmore. I'm going to well, throw... Well, there's... there's Four presidents on Mount Rushmore, not five. But there's that in there uh, Native American on the backside of it. Or is that somewhere else? No, I don't think so. There's not. There's a statue of a Native American somewhere. I thought it was near that. Are you simplifying Mount Rushmore into a statue? You're saying a <laughs> statue of a Native I mean, American is the fifth head on Mount Rushmore? I mean. For, wait, Let's do four. There's two questions. Let's just do four because in every just issue, two questions. Any carving of anything, in my opinion, is technically a statue. That's just what I'm going to label it as. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Okay, four. Give me your Mount Rushmore of cereals. I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw one out right now on mine. You could say if you agree or disagree. Okay. Reese's Puffs. Great. On on the Mount Rushmore? No, but oh, it's valid. Okay. Well, it's on mine. So, okay, throw throw me one of yours. I gotta go. Fruit Loops, just <sighs> just one of my favorites. Growing up, I don't know why you're making that face. I mean, Fruit Loops, uh, Cocoa Pebbles, on my list. I. Why just Be- eat Rice Krispies when you can eat them covered in chocolate? Because you have to have a chocolate cereal. Yes. I, I'm i totally down with that. It's one of the only cereals that gets a little bit better the more Co- soggy Cocoa it Puffs is great, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go with you on this. Cocoa Pebbles, I'm there. But So you have two chocolate cereals already. Well, I have a peanut butter chocolate and a chocolate. Okay. Not but- even really a chocolate guy. So, yeah, I agree. That's a little strange. But, yeah. Um, wow. I see, I've already used up, I'm not going to pick <laughs> Apple guns. Jacks when I've already got Fruit Loops. Um, you were basically going to do what I just did. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Crunch Berries. Just, okay. I've gone through massive phases of Crunch Berries. Despite the, despite the, the cutting cuts on of, your roof of your, roof of your mouth. That, that's why I, all that milk. I never really have that problem. All that milk. Because I have, I have a good amount of milk. It, it always it gets a little soft Yeah. Uh, to, to prevent something like that. So, Plus, there's Neosporin on standby. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is my number three. Oh, my God. That's my number three. Okay. You're right. Hey, I'm with you. Damn it. I wasn't ready. You don't, you don't have any four. fruity cereals. I don't really do that. They all kind of taste the same to me, the fruity cereals. I mean, okay. I'm going to throw in... Oh man, I need. What think. do I? What do I? Okay, let me recap though. I have my. I have Fruit Loops. I have Cocoa Pebbles, and I have Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay, I might have to go with the classic. Okay. Um. Hmm. I feel like I'm forgetting. Like we've talked about a lot already, but I feel like I'm forgetting. A yeah, huge I'm trying one. to scan the. Yeah, me too. The aisle right now so, as I'm thinking. We talked about, about like Frosted Frosted Flakes, something like that. We talked about Raisin Bran. Um, okay, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go OG here. Okay, and I think I'm gonna go with Cheerios. Okay, fair enough. And I'm gonna, I'm going to have an asterisk beside it and let it represent the greatness that is Honey Nut and Frosted 
because I think those are also great uh, additions to the Cheerio family. What's, there's some other ones like the multigrain and all that bullshit. It's good. Uh, the banana nut multigrain I'll, Cheerios. I'll, I'll let delicious. you. I'll let you eat those. But uh, I'm comfortable with that. Okay, my four. I'm. It's tough. And I think I'm going to pick one, and people are probably going to be like, "What the fuck?" But this cereal not only does it have a very unique look. It's been around forever, and it has a very, very unique taste. Hold and it's two things we haven't mentioned yet. Okay, are shredded wheat and checks. Are you going there? No, <laughs> not for neither of them. What are you? How old are you? Three hundred and seventy. Checks are great. Checks can be very good. Uh, I'm going to go with. Is it? Are they called sugar smacks? Smacks? Smack, just smacks. Smacks. An iconic. They're okay. An iconic cereal. I think smacks might be my least favorite out of every single one we've ever mentioned. Of those four, it's my least favorite, but I, it, like I can picture how it, or I can picture, I can <laughs> remember how it tastes right now. And anytime I, I smell or, or taste anything that's remotely like it, I immediately know this tastes like smacks. What about, um, what about Golden Grams? Golden Grams are very underrated, but they get old a little fast. Have you ever gone on a... Like the, 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 the phases that I have with Crunch Berries, I can never do that with the Golden Grams. I was about to say, can you... They have a weird aftertaste. Have you ever... Uh, do you remember French Toast Crunch? Yeah, it was in a red box. Yeah. It was in a red that. box. Uh, also, a big shout out to... I think I said it, but the Banana Nut Cheerios. Very, very good. I don't know if I've had banana. Also, um, honey bunches of oats with the uh, dried strawberries. When you put the milk on it, it makes them yeah, it makes a little, it a little, bit, little yeah. wet. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> of course, oh, it is. Jay. All right. Well, that's enough for our. The, we just uh, gave you a preview of Sight and Sound Cereal, our weekly cereal podcast, which the, would be really fun to do. Oh my god, yes. The really, uh, where we reviewed cereal. Can we start a second channel? That would be fucking great. The. <laughs> The other thing I want to talk about real quick. Also, it, don't eat cereal. Just I don't eat it anymore. I've probably not eaten cereal in about okay. Two, then you two are or not, three years. You are not qualified to. I'm to qualified have a for it. I'm just, for I'm just health conscious. I don't remember what it's from. Uh, some comedian might have said this or a show, but cereal cereal is a, essentially milk covered candy. Yeah, candy covered. I milk. love how I love how you just quickly interjected. Oh, I'm qualified. I'm qualified to talk about. Cereal. I mean, I mean, I had a childhood. No, I just thought. No, I just thought it was a funny statement. Oh, I'm qualified. Um, the other thing I want to talk about before we do get into Star Wars is the leftovers, uh, because not only am I having a ton of fun rewatching it, uh, I'm enjoying getting messages from our listeners that have caught on to the show because of us. Uh, so those are a lot of fun. Uh, and I just I'm, realized that you, sorry, I just realized that you started a side group chat. I did not start that. You didn't. So look again. And okay, also sorry. what a terrible time to bring that up on a podcast. But uh, no, the leftovers, I, I've been enjoying uh, people t- uh, talking to me about it. And I'm about to finish season two to prepare for our 
leftovers recaps, which, and I use the word recap, um, sort of like I use the word screamo. I don't really care for the word and doesn't exactly describe what I'm talking about, but it's, it's a general broad word that you guys will understand. Uh, Jay and I, much like we did with Legion, are going to be doing uh, leftovers recaps weekly. But instead of having a separate podcast, it's going to be right here on Sight and Sound, and you could label it as one of our standalone TV episodes. We're going to be doing that because not only are we massive fans and it's the last season for the show, but it's because we're still a part and partnering with the TV Showtime app. So not only will those episodes show up in our feed, but they're going to pop up and uh, every page or episode page on the app. So make sure that you're watching the leftovers with us. Make sure that you're downloading the TV Showtime app uh, because you can get involved in the discussion that all of your fellow TV uh, viewers are having about that show. And uh, it's just an added bonus that our show will be there too. But anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's something I'm thrilled about. I mean, this episode of Weekly will be out on Monday, so we'll probably actually already have the Season 3 premiere uh, episode up um, by the time you're listening to this, uh, except for you Shmo- – well, definitely for you Schmovillians. But, uh, but anyway, that's just something I'm really uh, stoked about, and uh, I know you are too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anybody's ever owned a plant before, but, uh, <laughs> but we <laughs> – we do these. We do these. Like uh, you don't like you don't like the word recap. I don't. Not only do I not like the word recap, I don't even like recaps. If you've never <laughs> paid attention to anything that we've done, where we've talked about TV shows, I, I like after show. We we're we're kind of after show, uh, like gurus, all stars at this point. I mean, we've we've been doing this shit for a long time, so. Fuck it, all the haters. Uh, we, we, I don't know. Just, I'm sure somebody's out there. I don't know. I don't know. This is weird. So, uh, you, are you qualified for this? I don't like the word recap either. And, and I don't, I don't like, I don't like podcasts where they just take you scene by scene by scene of everything that I just watched. I just want to know what to think about it. I want to have an an additional individual to talk about the show with. I still feel like we can call ourselves the leftovers recap show, but we just don't do a play by play. Like we can right. still call it a leftovers recap and people will know that we're talking about episode, season three, episode one recap. And it's going to be us talking about the episode they just watched, but we're just doing it in a different way. I, I mean, the term recap, I you don't like it, but I still don't think it's a problem to label it because other people still understand. Well, you're the one that said you didn't like it. I sh- okay. We don't like it. How about that? That's we fair. don't like to use it, but it's still, I, I still don't Why can't care it be an after show. Why can't we call it an after show? Because people title their actual shows leftovers after show. So that that is a title of a podcast. Whereas I'm just, I'm just if we saying, call it a leftovers recap, that is a type. I'm just saying of that's video. The, the genre of of what it is. I mean, it's it's the same. I mean, I don't. Sit, there's not a difference in an after show and a recap. You just prefer one term over the other because of how you actually perform the podcast. So regardless. So how is this regardless uh, we're going to give you a great leftovers recap show. How <laughs> how is this all tied in? Well, of course, the leftovers is uh show ran by Damon Lindelof who has ties with Bad Robot, Bad Robot. 
launched. The the much faster connection is that Justin Theroux is going to be in Last Jedi. You could have gotten there a lot quicker. <laughs> That's true, and I should have known that because uh, right before we went on air, Christian was text Christian Harloff was texting me asking me for like a run who is justin for thoreau tell me everything you know about him he did the same thing when donald glover was announced to be in han solo i don't know if i have to do this but again this is all about star wars celebration so if you don't if you if you didn't know what star wars celebration is it's a it's a con and i almost called it an annual con, but they're not going to have it next year. So, <laughs> so, and it uh, wasn't annual for a while. Like that was a more recent thing. It was every other year for a little bit, wasn't it? Or every few years. Are you confusing that with D23? That's every other year. No, I think there was one. Is it like that? I thought I heard on Jedi Council them talk about there was, there was an instance where a year was skipped. I don't know. Well, regardless, uh, I'm not going to call it that anyway, but Star Wars celebration is the huge con that's going on. Or that happened this weekend, depending on uh, when you're listening. Excuse me to this show, and uh, that's where all of this Star Wars news drops. I know most of our listeners already have that context, but some people might not. Um, and one thing that we kind of talked about the other day when we were reacting to Thursday's show, which was that this this bubble of ours, this movie fandom, this movie coverage bubble that we're in is a lot smaller than we originally thought. Absolutely. You, you had a hilarious interaction with one of your coworkers. No, not just one of my coworkers. I mean, my, my coworker who... <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know a lot about this individual. I, that's one thing that bothers me. I don't like it when I work with people and I spend so much time with people and I don't know anything about them. And in fairness, they might not know anything about me, but they just haven't asked. Um this the one thing I do know about this person is that he claims to be a massive Star Wars fan. Like we did this one exercise one time where we had to go around the room and say something about ourselves that people didn't know, and that was one of the things that he said, even though I already knew it. And so, yeah, naturally, when celebration was coming up, I asked him. I said, "Hey, man, are you excited about celebration, Star Wars celebration?" And he's was pretty much didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, he, I also asked him about the last Jedi, Jedi trailer. He didn't know that was coming out. He, he had heard it was coming out soon. Oh, the trailer. The trailer. He, he knew the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I asked him about Star Wars Rebels. He didn't even know what that was. He didn't know what Rebels was? He didn't know what Rebels was. Wow. Um, he... Pretty, Fucking Disney. XD. He was he, he was pretty much he was really into the games, Battlefront, obviously, sure. uh, a, a big gamer, and I guess he collects some memorabilia and stuff like that. But that's pretty much it. I, but you were ta- you were talking about uh, people not knowing about it, but there were he wasn't the only one. There were a lot of people, and I actually said this in my video that I did talking about theories after the trailer, and we'll talk about it more here, I'm sure. But uh, I had said that I wouldn't call myself a big star Wars fan because, but I like star Wars a lot. I really do. And I think most people out there think they're big star Wars fans. Big star Wars fans are the people that know this stuff that, that follow that know celebrations going on that want to be there. They're pissed because they're not going to be there and they follow along with all this stuff. If you claim to be a big star Wars fan and you're not doing all the extra stuff that this franchise not requires you to do 
but you can participate in, in my opinion, I think you're just a casual fan. Uh, this was the first time that I've experienced this. Con- I mean, I remember when it was on last year and I was sort of getting news from you, but it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun to experience it for my first time. And I'll give you my play-by-play experience and reaction as we go through it. So I consider myself a Game of Thrones fan, but I don't give a shit about ever reading the books. Exactly. So there, there are levels. I mean, someone who absorbs every bit of Star Wars, whether it be the books, comics, video games, movies, TV, they can consider themselves a diehard fan because they're doing all of that, and they're absolutely right. But someone who gets just as excited about every single movie and sees it three times in theaters, that's still a diehard Star Wars fan. Absolutely. Because they there's, love it. There's levels to it because I would, I would consider you a big Star Wars fan, but there's a big difference between you and somebody like a Christian Harloff or a Ken Knapsack or uh, – but like of, of all yeah. my friends that I know – uh, you're probably the biggest Star Wars fan, in my opinion. Oh, that's really sweet of you. Yeah. I think that we have a, a great quality uh, about us, which is we are reasonable Star Wars fans. 100%. Like, we totally buy into the criticism. I can't remember who said it. It was somebody on Screen Junkies. It might have been uh, Nick Mundy who who took a shot at Star Wars and was like, oh, you mean that franchise that only has two good movies? Yeah. And I accept that. Like I understand Star it, yeah. Wars, I love Star Wars and I get excited about it, but they are still just movies like anything else. And yeah. and I can be – and I'm not just talking about being the type of fan that criticizes or hates the prequels. I'm talking about on a different level. I'm talking about the fact that it's okay to like Rogue One less and less because you realize that it does things that you don't like and it's okay to um, – actually have problems with things that happen in the original trilogy. Like people act like those films can't be touched, but every single year in cinema, a movie comes out that is better than all three of those movies. So it's just about being a reasonable fan. You can love it unconditionally. It can be like your children. Despite its flaws, you can still love it unconditionally because it takes you to this place that no other medium can so I, I accept that i feel like i'm a much more reasonable fan um but i still love it and i still get it and we'll talk about it probably when we get to the last jedi trailer we'll talk more about this but um the, it, it's interesting because one of our hottest takes I, I i remember posing this question to you and i was actually fascinated with your response i was surprised that your response uh to this was what it was but I once posed the question to you that is it a f- – not a fact. Can it be stated that the Harry Potter film franchise is a more successful franchise in terms of quality than Star Wars? And in my opinion, I think 100%. I think there's only one of those movies that's good, not great – I'm sorry, two of those movies that are good, not great. None, I don't think any of those movies are bad. Fantastic Beasts is not good <laughs> at all. Fantastic Beasts is like... Fantastic Beasts sucks. Fantastic Beasts is the first not good Harry Potter movie, in my opinion. But, I mean, the rest of them are... They made eight great movies. Great, yeah. I mean, and, and that that's sort of my take on most media. There, You have great... Good, not great. Good. Harry Potter is <laughs> arguably the the 
highest quality film franchise to ever exist. I agree. Easily. I agree. And, and I agree with your sentiments too about the, the Star Wars franchise. Like I, I made this statement a couple weeks ago on weekly about revisiting and updating your movie opinions. And that's something that I've done recently with Star Wars after Rogue One came out. And for instance, A New Hope was a better movie for me after seeing Rogue One. I love how we're already turning off Star Wars fans. No, look, I, it's so important to be objective. You know what? It is, and I have this. I have this same reaction that you're talking about with with some Star Wars fans where, where like everything that comes out is infallible. Do you know what in pop culture I have that about? I'll I, prob- give, I probably do. I'll give I you don't a know hint. You're setting me up. I'll give that. you. I'll give you a hint. It's music related. What musician do you think that falls under? Oh, Drake. No, no, absolutely not. I didn't care for views at all. Oh, that, that I thought that's what you were saying. No. You love them unconditionally, even though there's missteps. No, no, I or you're able to call out when you don't like. I have either. trouble being objective, and that's Kanye West. Oh, almost yeah. everything that he does, like I'm con. Even when he does something super shitty like super shitty <laughs> i still find myself like defending him no matter what and after a while i have to look back and i be like ah, okay yeah that was a little little rough um i'm still developing this take uh but i just came up with it the other day uh, i think that star wars has more in common with uh, the fast and furious franchise than people realize you're just talking about, about pure numbers but based on numbers and like the amount of good films in that Okay. Because they have the same amount of movies, but there's like only – okay, some will argue that like far more Star Wars movies stand out than Fast and the Furious, but uh, if, yeah. if to a – I don't know, to a casual – like I walked into uh, my uh, – at work, walked into the break room, and I uh, openly brought up the Last Jedi trailer, and two people just just shouted – I didn't like Rogue One. And I'm like, wow. And these were like casual movie fans that right. I thought would just be like, oh, it's pretty good. No, they were like, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of baffled by that actually. But, um, well, there's, there's a bunch of categories too of like not, there, there are, there are objection, uh, not objectional, obje- objective fans that will, like things and not like things from a critical point of view. And that's great. There are people who will just love things no matter what. And then you have fans that will not like something for the most ridiculous reasons. And that is another thing Mm -hmm. that's across a lot of, uh, a lot of things that have a lot of a wide base of fandom, but like there is a big wave of people that don't care for the force awakens. And that is nonsense in in no version of a plausible reality is The Force Awakens. It can it be considered a bad movie. It's it's just not possible. A bad movie is The Room. That movie, The Room. A bad movie is like the Point Break remake or something like that. The Force Awakens has nothing in common with those things. Are there things about it that could be improved on? Absolutely. But it's not a fucking bad movie. So if you don't like The Force Awakens and you think it's a bad movie, just just stop just stop with everything for a while and try a little bit harder. 
Come at me, bro. <laughs> the Force Awakens is great. It's a. It's not. It's not great. It's a really, really, really good movie, and it's so fun. No, Force Awakens is great. Oh, I love it. The uh, I fucking I will love though, that movie. I will I say. I, here's here's yeah okay you just kind of destroyed everything that i set up as far as being reasonable so l- <laughs> let me bring you, let me bring you down uh one criticism that i have with the force awakens i have criticisms too go ahead the the settings are uninspired agreed 100 percent. that like Wait, we did, did was i on the review with you of that in film beef no. i don't think i was no my, my the 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 settings of those movies are are uninspired i mean star killer base is pretty cool um but uh other than that i mean jakku i mean you saw like w- one hut in a, in a small village yeah <laughs> and people are already making cracks about it just being tattooing again and uh okay and then you had Maz castle Maz in Canada, the middle yeah. of a forest and it's like Okay, compare that to a forest of indoor or something. It's not. Yeah, they're, they're Rogue, just Rogue One settings. The, the, that's the one thing Rogue One did better than Force Awakens was establishing just, the setting. Just just the settings and the locales were a lot better than the Force Awakens. My, my biggest criticism with the Force Awakens was that the movie itself it, it was a it was a fun adventure to go on, but the story feels incredibly incomplete. Like it, it, it seems like there's bits and pieces missing. Like we, we really don't know anything about anyone in this. In this, I mean, yeah, you can read books and you can read comics and novels or whatever to get a little bit more backstory, but we don't know anything about any of these new main characters. Right? We don't know anything about Finn. Don't know anything about Ray. Don't know anything about Poe. I mean, that that was a huge thing for me and because the movie the movie feels episodic and it it should to a certain extent but in the in the only the only actual film of the star wars franchise that i can think of that seems episodic is empire strikes back because it leaves you on a cliffhanger the the other movies seem to at least put a book and because the characters don't really interact together that much yeah um, but guess what? It's still really good. Like this, this is a really weird conversation to have. I thought we were going to spend the entire time talking about celebration. Um, this is the Sight and Sound Weekly about Star Wars. We can talk anything we want. Oh, about Star you're Wars. right. Um, Are we going to have breaks built in? Oh uh, yeah, point? definitely. Okay. Just we'll, want to make sure. We'll do uh, probably Thursday, Friday, and then a break, and then Saturday, and then a break, and then Sunday, probably. All right. Um, I didn't want to rush you. Are you ready to get into it? I'm I think ready. We're ready though. Okay, so let's start with everything that happened on Thursday. And for me, that was only like one thing, just because there were some other panels. There were like there were four main panels that are streamed on the live stream, uh, but only caught one. Which what else? Was, what else takes place at Celebration besides these? Panels oh, a ton of stuff. Signings, uh, po- like live podcasts. Do like, they do they have booths of things we can oh, yeah, purchase? Definitely. Uh, uh, whatever memorabilia and stuff Absolutely. like that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like any other convention. There's the booze outside, but the it's Papa J likes to shop. Yeah, so. there are the booze. There's there's like cosplay and stuff. Um, the book again, book signings. Uh, like Star Wars podcasts go on in certain rooms. Like if you have your own kind of Star Wars thing on your own, then you have those kind of uh, setups, and they're it's small. I don't, you wouldn't call them. Ex- I guess you would call them exhibits. Jedi Council. Jedi Council. Had one. Schmodown had one. Yeah, but there's all kinds of those. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, they do all kinds of stuff, whether it be like, uh, um, it's cool that they let them do that. That's really fucking cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just like any other convention, just on a large scale. And, um, but anyway, so all that's going on. The, if you look at this, if you go to starwars.com and look at the schedule for star Wars celebration, it is obnoxious. It makes your head hurt. Extensive. Yeah. It's almost like. It was like Warp Tour schedule. Like you know how we talked about Warp Tour and how there's like every band you want to see might be happening at the same time. It's like that on crack. Yeah, it was crazy just, when I looked at it. There's and actually so much going on all the time at Celebration. It was crazy when I uh, got to look at it and I saw that uh, that Childish Gambino was going to be closing out Saturday night. That was pretty cool. That uh, yeah, how awesome would that be? <laughs> Wait. Does Childish Gambino have a place here? Would anybody care? I mean, obviously people would care that he's there, but <laughs> what's the, can I get an over under like 70% that most people would even be familiar with his music there? <laughs> you don't want to comment. You're, you're afraid to, to, to speculate on what they know about Gambino. Let's talk about Thursday and the 40 years of Star Wars panel. Now, this overrated this is already pretty cool that we've arrived i mean not only are we talking about star wars celebration but we're talking about the 40th anniversary and it's it's pretty special that like five well maybe not five years ago because that's when disney bought lucasfilm but if you ask somebody six or seven years ago um if if they thought that we would have a star wars movie coming out the year of the 40th anniversary not a lot of people would have believed it so it's this was a pretty special uh celebration uh for for fans and for uh, lucasfilm as well and everyone involved over there so that's that's pretty great i mean 40 years panel it doesn't get much better than that because you got a great mix of the old and new at this panel and i think the talk of the town was the main talk of the town but no Okay, let me erase that. There, there are two things that you have to think about going into this. Carrie Fisher's absence. Passing of Carrie Fisher, absolutely. Which, which is not only felt through this panel, but it's clearly felt throughout all of Celebration. I mean, every panel that I've seen has somewhat referenced Carrie's uh, memory and her her personality and her... Uh, stamp on this franchise i mean i don't think you go a day without it as they should yeah, um, absolutely pivotal point. so that that's a through line in this entire celebration um and definitely in this panel where so many of her peers and colleagues that knew her for so long were a part of it and missed her very much and people that were inspired by her from the the, the new cast or- and, and even her daughter which that's unbelievable that not only was her daughter a part of the celebration, but it's two years ago or three years ago when they were filming The Force Awakens, they brought her daughter in to be a part of this franchise. So it's really, really special that she was already a part of it. You know what I mean? Like it'd be Absolutely. cool. It'd be cool if they could bring her in and like throw in The Last Jedi, which I believe she's uh, she is in The Last Jedi. But it's cool that they already did that. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway. Carrie Fisher's absence was a was a huge um, huge blow, and it, it made celebration a lot different than it would have been with her. Absolutely. Um, the second big thing about the forty year panel was whether or not 
George Lucas was going to be present. And the reason why that's significant, a lot of you diehard fans listening already kind of know this, but again, to the more casual people, George Lucas signed over Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012. George Lucas doesn't have any part in anything at all uh, unless they ask him to be involved, which they don't, just to be just to be honest. So having him kind of come back in, it's like uh, uh, it's like visiting your divorcee. Right after some time away, and uh, it's it probably was hard for him. And watching them live a very prosperous life, yeah, it's like very celebrated yeah. life, especially coming off of something when, I mean, his last major involvement with it wasn't necessarily well, it wasn't viewed very positive at all. So I'm, I'm sure it's tough. I'm sure it is tough for him. Yeah, and I, we kind of saw hints of that. Of course, we did get him, and he was – well, first we got Kathleen Kennedy, who um, I am a massive fan of even before Lucasfilm. Kathleen Kennedy um, – I don't know if you know this, but did you know that she started out as Spielberg's assistant? Yes. Okay. And so she was kind of crucial in all of Spielberg's like Amblin productions. So she was already one of Hollywood's greatest producers, her and her husband Frank Marshall – uh, when you when you put their filmographies together, they are two of the most impressive individuals to walk the earth. <laughs> uh, I I really like uh, Disney and, and Kathleen Kennedy is a lot different, but I like yeah I like what Disney does uh, by sort of putting such strong minded individuals, organized individuals in these positions like this. Like you look at a Kevin Feige type yeah. of individual, yeah, yeah, yeah. just people who know. What the hell are doing? The path that everything needs to be on. So she came out and she, I love listening to Kathleen Kennedy. She just, she just gets it. And I feel like you asked me this before off air, if I was ever worried that there might be a misstep and it's like, no, like asking me if I think Kathleen Kennedy is going to really mess up star Wars is like asking me if I think Kevin Feige is going to mess up Marvel or anything like it's just, I don't, I just can't fathom it. Um, well, there's bound to be missteps at some point. I mean, and that goes against that goes against me being reasonable. But it's it's hard to imagine, is what I'm saying. I mean, it can happen, but it's hard to imagine. So she came out and introduced George, and that was uh, pretty pretty big. And I thought it was kind of funny because um, not only um, was he kind of a grumpy. I mean, could you tell he was kind of a grumpy old man? Yeah, it was. <laughs> you know what? I enjoyed it. His approach to coming out was. Sort of my approach to podcasts. Just fucking say whatever you want. Yeah. He was he was the reasonable Star Wars fan in that scene. It made like, me feel comfortable, but also a little like like oh, <laughs> what is like, about to happen? There's here? nothing like when Mark Hamill does this kind of stuff, or like Warwick Davis uh, hosting the thing. They're they're hyped. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a hype man when the cameras aren't rolling. George Lucas doesn't play into that at all could you he, be that guy could George you be that guy in the crowd? Let's, let's go let's go um no but goodman could um, <laughs> nobody knows who that is i uh, i just thought it was funny that lucas plays no part in that and he's just george lucas right and i thought it was funny that you know with so many uh nostalgic stories that he had i mean he was throwing so much shade at 20th century fox for like owning his life for a period of time and stuff and doubting him on like American graffiti and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just got 
thought all that was pretty uh pretty funny but also very george lucas because a, a lot of the stuff that they have talked about i've i've heard those stories a million right. times whether it be on like blu-ray features that i've seen and things like that I, i've heard a lot of that story so george lucas was very much george lucas uh during that panel before you uh go on any further i i want to also say that because this was my first time watching something like this, this was a panel that I thought was going to be interesting to watch and fun to kind of watch to see all of the stuff, Star Wars through the years, so to speak, and, and paying homage especially to some of the more uh, original people involved. But, I w- you know, I didn't really care that much. I was, I was looking forward to The Last Jedi stuff, new announcements, all of that, things that I haven't seen and didn't know about coming up. And things like this, I can normally just take it in and I'm not much of like one for like getting emotional about things. Like I, I, I'm just not like that type of person. Like I, I can, I usually try to find humor in certain situations and all of that. But dude, I gotta be honest with you. I was kind of caught up in this whole thing. Like when I was watching it, I just, I don't know, something something about things like this. I mean, I was getting choked up, not at, like, not even at stuff like the Carrie Fisher stuff or anything like that, but just knowing that everybody there, when they would bring out people like, and now we're going to go to, like, I would, I mean, I just hear that reaction, the crowd reaction, like a sporting event or something, those types of situations, like knowing that, all of this means so much to those people absolutely gets me, man. I mean, it gets me in the feels. I was getting choked up, getting a little, little teary eyed at my desk at work. And dude, I was, I was wrapped up in this thing. So you texted me that I knew about how emotional you were. And I was so happy that you said that to me because that's how I sort of always get around this type of stuff. Um, even, um, Another instance of this was when I was watching a lot of like uh, the post Lost finale stuff, yeah. like when those Blu-ray features came out and they had like these documentaries about what it was like to be together. Those people were a family for six years, and you hear those kinds of stories and what like, what it meant to people around the world to watch that show. You get choked up. I and, do, I do it with sporting events too. Like uh, uh, people know uh, no don't know that I'm a huge soccer fan. Matt, like that's the sport where, you know, you're with Kentucky basketball. Like, oh, fuck that. Right. I mean, I'm like that with soccer. And last year, a team won that was not supposed to win. I mean, it was a complete Cinderella story. And even though it wasn't my team, like just seeing how meant how how much it meant to. I mean, they were like a five hundred to one underdog or something like that to win this whole thing. And just to see how much it meant to people it's just it's amazing for some, especially for somebody with star wars like i said casual casual yeah, fan yeah, yeah. Here. it just it, it's great another similar moment for the uh, in this panel was when hayden christensen came out very interesting because i am not the biggest fan of the prequels um they're kind of hard. I get in moods where I want to watch particular things about them and I appreciate particular things about them, but overall they're just hard to watch as movies. That's not a unique take, of course. But um, the thing that bothers me though is that there are actors, you know, the, the human beings behind these roles 
And I didn't even really consider what it might be like to be Hayden Christensen and not go to celebration year after year after year. And then finally you get this moment and there's a standing ovation for him. Yeah. And he was at his reception was actually one of the biggest when he walked out within uh, McDermott, who played uh, Palpatine. And those two came out and they represented the prequels uh, in this 40 year panel. But I kind of got choked up a little bit because this is probably a person that at one time in his life, it was the biggest thing in the world to him to appear in a Star Wars movie, let alone play the title character. And then when those movies aren't well received and there's backlash, fan backlash, we are guilty of taking that from him. Oh, 100%. And he is no longer able to feel accepted uh, to something that he felt so close to at one point. So the fact that they were able to give him such a warm welcome when he came out, and I feel like he was genuinely happy. I mean, I think there were pictures of uh, him riding, I think, like Space Mountain. Like he was at, uh, they have Galactic Nights, which is this, this uh, thing going on at Disney World uh, on Friday night. And uh, they had these big events at Disney World afterwards. And, like, he was riding rides, and there's, like, pictures of him being happy. Yeah. And I just, like, I thought that was really cool that that was a, such a positive experience for him. So something like that. And it, and what's weird is that in some ways I'm a little more connected to him than I am Mark Hamill only because I was, I was raised on those movies. Well, yeah, I think that's a, a good take. But, I mean – you have to think too. I think it puts into into perspective a lot of of what we do, being people that commentate about movies and in the movie community in in general. When when you're, it's one thing to watch movies and be a fan of movies. It's another thing to go the the next level and and talk about them, or even listen to people that talk about them, and participate in those conversations that become so acidic. You know, like yeah. really acidic conversations. And when it's magnified on the level of Star Wars, I mean, you know, since then, Star Wars is a type of franchise that launches careers. Daisy Ridley. And I mean, makes them flourish. And for him, it seems to have been the opposite. You know, I mean, every time his name came up between now and then, you all it was always who could get the first joke in. And, and we do forget that these are human beings and and this is more of just an observation, but we also forget the magnification of that. Yeah. that it's not just you making that joke. It's, I mean, it's now, everybody, everybody <laughs> that that has ever watched a Star Wars movie essentially making that same joke. And I think for him or everyone who runs a movie channel on YouTube. Absolutely. Uh, Except maybe Chris Harwell. And all their fans and everything else. So I do think that it's great, not just for Star Wars, not just for Hayden Christensen. I think for people in general to see that that time span, for him to have closure and and know that, you know what, it's okay. It, it's okay that 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 was a part of my life and, and I've been yeah. there and done that. But like, I mean, you could, his voice was trembling which could have been nerves. It could have been anything. He probably didn't know what it was going to be like. But, I, I, I but would then, hope that he was choked up because of how good at, he felt. At, at one point, I think to me, it came across more of relief and just sheer joy that that sort of albatross is now off of his neck. Is and that a bird? 
Yeah. Albatross? Yeah. You've never heard that? that you never heard that phrase before? Uh, Albatross? I, I, sorry, neck? I was just picturing a massive bird on top of Peyton Christensen. <laughs> okay. Well, but yeah, anyways, so to get the monkey off of his back, the weight off of his shoulders, so to speak, and be able to know that, that everything is fine now. And that's beautiful. It's great. Sure. It's it's an amazing thing. So to see him smiling and having fun on Space Mountain, um, and, it's cool. And the other thing too, and I've said this a lot on other shows that I've done, but I, I think it's wrong of Disney to ignore the prequels. I say embrace it and just do more things in that era, but but better. I mean, just don't be afraid to venture in that territory again, but you, you've still got the quality control. I mean, just go for it. Yeah. And I've always supported uh, and now there are rumors circulating more than ever that Hayden Christensen might play a role in episode eight or in any future movie. I'm good. I mean, I, I would be totally down for that. If anything, that kind of makes the prequels better. Yeah. Because there's still like a, th- you don't feel like you're just kind of shoving it away in a closet and it's something that doesn't exist. Just, I feel like if you get a great Hayden Christensen performance, and there's not a whole lot you can do because, you know, it's got to be a force ghost or something like that in a future movie. Uh, or you could do something ridiculous like clone him, but um, um, it it just kind of makes it better. And like you said, it just makes it feel more all right. And I I feel like it gives you a better experience when you go back to that stuff. So I, I'm glad that Lucasfilm isn't afraid to do this. Hopefully, hopefully it starts another conversation. One thing that I've picked up on through this entire weekend is, and maybe this is apparent in other celebrations, but it seemed like. And I'm not saying it's because of this, but because of the loss of of uh, of Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher, a family member, that there was a lot a lot to do with embracing the greater Star Wars yeah. family. Sure, everybody, even down to uh, uh, is it what's that guy's name that played uh, the one dude who didn't even like Star Wars? Oh. <laughs> The guy who played Wedge Antilles? Yes. I can't think of his name right now. That guy being, you know, invited, invited and... Uh, but he he pretty much hates Star Wars. But it, all of that, basically to include like Warwick Davis, uh, like Hayden Christensen, all of these people to say, look, you guys are a part of something. We want... I mean, who's to say that maybe at some point Hayden Christensen doesn't come back from now on to know that he's welcome and, and have some sort of job, like a hosting gig of some sort of panel, maybe not like a major panel, but I'm sure fans would love that. And, and one great thing, and this is kind of aside from the social commentary aspect of it, but what I really enjoyed hearing about was him and his uh, lightsaber training with you and McGregor. Yeah. Talked about how they would perform entire fights, not just take, not just do takes of cuts, but they would every time they filmed, they did the entire sequence, and I thought that that was really cool. And I I thought that that was again going back to the fact that at one time this was his life, and we kind of took it from him. Um, do you do you think that this conversation might even be outdated by the time this podcast comes out? But do you think there was a reason you and McGregor wasn't there, or do you think it was legit? Um, if I if I honestly honestly had to guess, I would say. I don't. I don't think we're getting uh, an Obi Wan movie anytime soon. I don't think it's on the slate. I think eventually, at some point, we we will probably get one. Um, I I do think he probably is going to be involved in the Last Jedi. I Would think, it be like a Force Ghost or a yeah, voice again? 
Yeah, there's for those that don't know, there's an entire comic book storyline where Luke is essentially reading the journals of Obi Wan Kenobi that were left on Tatooine. Is that that's correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My, I mean, well, we can talk. I, about, I, th- I don't think it's an entire run. I think it's like one or two specific issues. But. Yeah, and well, we can talk about it more when we talk about the trailer. But there was a shot of of a bookshelf and some old manuscripts. Some people are theorizing is that potentially those journals yeah i mean look i can totally foresee him being in this movie force seeing yeah that's why i yeah. smiled when you- <laughs> i could see i could foresee him being in this movie for sure i think they're kind of playing their cards a little closer to their chest you uh, think a little bit yeah i of do of course they are i do if there's one thing i've if, the, if there's one thing i've learned about jj abrams in the past he likes to, <laughs> he likes to set a tone of, he's a liar yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think that putting putting you and McGregor there would put a lot of pressure on him to keep secrets, and I think it might potentially. It, look, I think a lot of people are walking away a little bit disappointed that he wasn't there. But how great is it going to be if he plays? Is there tomorrow? There tomorrow, or maybe he plays a bigger role in the movie. Then we then we think he's going to. I yeah. think it'd be cool. I think it'd sure, be cool. absolutely. I mean, uh, he's also probably doing train spotting too. Uh, <laughs> press, I don't know. Right. Um, another cool thing about the prequel stuff that we'll move on is we got a great uh, clip of uh, Liam Neeson and Sam L, which I thought was pretty uh, pretty funny, and I loved that Liam took a shot at Jar Jar right in front of George. <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, but anyway. Get out of here, Liam. You're drunk. <laughs> Irish um, fuck. Uh, in addition to uh, the warm welcome Hayden got Harrison Ford. This was the first time he had ever attended. For me, Star the, for Wars me, Star that was when I probably got the most ch- like choked up. I I'm actually really surprised that that was the funniest the panel ever got was when he was on stage. Mark Hamill comes out, he's pretty funny. Warwick Davis um, opened up more when Harrison came out because he was uh, making fun of him landing planes and shit. Like it just the I, vibe completely changed. I thought there was no way in hell he wasn't going to be here. Sure, there was yeah, there was yeah. no chance in hell. But it's just it was just fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, to see him finally come out there, I mean, you know, it's. It's so special. I mean, when I think about Star Wars, Han Solo is one of the first people I think about. What he brought to those movies, carrying so much humor on his own shoulders, just that character. I mean, would there even be a Finn if there wasn't a Han Solo? I mean, you know, that swagger, that bravado that that character brings and to see him out there like that and just – so happy too, because he could have come out there and and been nonchalant or or phoned it in or whatever. But he was a part of the fun. I mean, even addressing how special the fans were that they started, you know, they they were his career yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Is so it, it's great. I mean, I I have a massive massive man crush on Harrison Ford. I oh, mean, do you really? Do you not know this? That I have no idea. I have pictures saved on my phone of of young Harrison Ford. To to look at on uh, on the reg just to remind he's, he's just to remind uh, me of how stylish I need to be. And he's cool your Sam Witwer of the of the original trilogy. <laughs> no, I mean I, I like Sam Witwer in general, obviously, but uh, no. I Wait mean, a minute, 
you like Sam Witwer because you were freaking out about him earlier. I'm going to save my opinions on that? Sam Witwer for a video that we may or may not be recording okay. soon. But look, I I just I love Harrison Ford. I think he's great. Um, look, he's an old man. He can be a little bit jaded towards things if he wants yeah. to be. He's just playing into his uh, stereotype. Also, uh, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Billy D. Williams came out, and that was a lot of fun because that's that's when you kind of had the good old days vibe where they were just talking about how much fun they had back in the day with each other, and uh, that was also uh, pretty cool. Um, and of course, you know, overall the the panel ends. Um, they give a uh, one of the one of their tributes to Carrie. Um, and that was pretty emotional. I love seeing all those behind the behind the scenes footage. Uh, of her and hearing her daughter speak. I mean, that was, um, it, it's hard for me to talk about it just cause it spoke for itself and it said it all, all that needed to be said about it, but it was very, very well done, very touching. And, uh, I know a lot of people that were actually at celebration and they were talking about how there wasn't a dry eye in the room, um, that it kind of people lost control at, at that part. So, uh, uh, I thought that was very classy and very well done. And then to top it all off to end it was pulling back the curtain and getting John Williams playing several songs, uh, starting with Leia's theme um, and then some of the classic stuff as well, which that must have been really awesome to actually be there and get that surprise. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a, a very well done panel and uh, I'm glad that you got so much out of it. Yeah, really cool, really special. I, I do want to give a shout out to... Uh, Warwick Davis. I thought he did an absolutely incredible job at hosting. I mean, I don't know if he was trying to maybe add something to his uh, to his reel or his you know his his list of things that he could potentially do. I want to fucking he doesn't, he doesn't need work. I know he's, he's killing it. Well, <laughs> hang on. So I want a Warwick Davis like late night talk show. I think that would be fucking great. And for anybody out there that has not seen it, including you, Ryan Snelling. Do yourself a favor, go on HBO and watch his series that he did with Stephen Merchant and uh, <laughs> and uh, 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 Ricky, Ricky Gervais. Gervais called "Life's Too Short." Okay, it is so funny. Imagine the off- crude. Imagine the Office on HBO, but imagine it a- as a mockumentary about Warwick Davis trying to get work, and all he does is talk about all the stuff that he used to do. Like, oh, here's where I was in Star Wars. Before I got this role as Ewok, I was actually this this trash can. <laughs> like it's it's so That's fucking great. Gr- great, man. It's t- so good that he represents pretty much everything we've discussed. Oh, today. absolutely. The fact that he was a child and George Lucas changed his life by playing Wicket and growing. I mean, he he is what he is. He's again one of those actors that rose to fame because of this. He ends up playing three characters per movie in a Harry Potter movie and just all kinds of uh, all kinds of. St- it's awesome. Uh, how how much Star Wars has done for these people. And, just, uh, just to close out my life's too short pitch, at one point in the show, Val Kilmer plays a massive role in the show because he was in, um, was it Willow? Yeah. Was yeah. Val Kilmer in, Will- in Willow? I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't know. He was in something with Val Kilmer. I can't remember. But he ends up coming into the show and being a massive villain <laughs> in the <this> show. <laughs> it's great. Um, I didn't never before seen of that. Show. I didn't uh, plan out our breaks uh, very well. But we need to because it's been an hour and a half. I was going to say we we've talked about cereal and leftovers and uh, let's let's take our first break now. All right, we'll be right back. 
Hey everyone, Jay Williams here from Sight and Sound with a brand new announcement for you. Just a little something to get you hyped. We are currently putting together our very first ever line of merchandise. That's right, in just a few short weeks, you will be able to get your very own shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more featuring Sight and Sound related graphics. We're pretty stoked, whether it's just wearing our logo or a design featuring a phrase you know and love from just being a dedicated listener to the show, we've got you covered. This merchandise isn't just something for you guys to look cool while wearing, but you're also supporting the show as every dollar you spend goes back into supporting the podcast and making it better in the future. That's pretty much all we've got. Make sure you're staying tuned on social media for when our merch line drops in the coming weeks. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SightSoundPod or on Facebook, facebook.com slash SightSoundPod. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so uh, we're talking all things Star Wars here. We're about to get into The Last Jedi. So more life. During the break, we watched a video, Mark Hamill dropping a hot take on how The Force Awakens should have ended. Long story short, he thinks that the original heroes should have been reunited after Han. Uh, well, I guess he wouldn't have fallen down the pit <laughs> the way that Hamill illustrated it so beautifully, but uh, it was Luke and Leia would have connected uh, before Starkiller base exploded, and then they would have come to Han's aid after being killed by or injured by Kylo Ren. He feels that it was a missed opportunity to bring the whole gang together. And uh, yeah, you said that that thought process kind of worried you moving forward. It, it worries me just because I'm. I mean, I'm under the impression that Mark Hamill is privy to the knowledge of where the story is going. So I'm. I'm hoping that. Uh, that the writers and the de- the developers of this storyline have a reason for that not being the case. I mean, I'm sure there's other other things going on, but hopefully, hopefully, him not being there is just. Uh, I don't think him saying that means that there's no course correction. I th- I think that he's probably not the only person that thinks that. It's not my. And, it's not a major worry. I'm yeah. just saying. I I for one, I I can kind of agree. I mean. I like what we got, but to, if you wanted to make it better, it would have been seeing all three together because just the writing of killing Han Solo means you can't get all three together again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, I, I, I I talked about it in my theories video. I'm oh, sure, did you? And, and we'll sort of and, and we'll cover this, I'm sure, because we're about to talk about The Last Jedi. But uh, look, I, I, I think that Disney is – so is sort of closing a chapter here. I think they're, I mean, I don't think everybody's going to die off or anything like that. Like, I don't think the big three are all going to die off. One of them is gone, but I think that they're focusing on developing this new story, these new characters, not trying to just latch on to nostalgia, um, which is admirable. I, I don't think there's anything, anything wrong with that. And I think, I think putting all three of them together, and this is this is just my opinion, but I think putting all three of them together in a scene in that movie maybe takes away a little bit from from all of this new stuff that's going on. That's just that's just my opinion. Well, we might get more context 
from this movie that we're getting in December. Um, the Last Jedi panel. I hope so because I don't know what the hell's going on so far. The Last Jedi panel uh, was the 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 headlining thing of pro- probably of all of Celebration, uh, at least for me, uh, and that's what kicked off our Friday at Celebration. Um, Ryan Johnson is someone I've said it before. I was more excited about his announcement as director than I was J.J. Abrams. And I can write you a book at how J.J. Abrams has affected my life. It, it just it was just based on the fact that even though at the time I didn't think J.J. was going to do it because he was involved in Star Trek, I just couldn't imagine him doing both. Obviously, that's kind of ignorant now. But it still made sense that they would bring in someone like J.J. Abrams 100%. to do Force Awakens. Ryan Johnson, that made a statement. Um he is such an up and comer. He's such a um, an established up and comer. Established up and comer. He's pro, he's a prolific film writer director, and it that just it was just a huge statement for me that this is the direction we're going. Uh, we're going to uh, experiment. We're going to get a little bit dark. We're going to show you something that you've never seen before. Because when you look at Ryan Johnson's filmography, you do not think Star Wars, but you think of quality and creativity the it was one thing thinking about what jj abrams star wars would look like it's another thinking about what ryan johnson star wars looks like so seeing him and hearing him talk at this panel i mean i was on the edge of my seat with everything that he said um even the night before i thought it was so cool that he spent so many hours uh, hanging out with the fans that stayed overnight for celebration. I mean, many hours talking to a huge queue of people. And I think uh, I heard them say that he was there until three in the morning, which means he barely got any sleep to prepare for this panel. But it's like he's on after or something. Got three hours of sleep after our podcast. So I want for you fans. I want to hear uh, your 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 side of this. What did you uh, think of this panel? Well, yeah, I mean, this is. I said it. <laughs> I said it on another podcast uh, the other day, but I don't like living in the past. I'm looking forward to the future. Seeing the Force Awakens really, really, really gave me the Star Wars bug. I mean, I am so invested in this story, and a lot of that for me personally. And I don't know how much you agree with this. So I'd love to get your take. Well, I can tell you, Jay. I feel like a lot of how we are experiencing Star Wars now with so much mystery being left so much in the dark, having to speculate so much, obvious, like, I don't remember doing it that much in the prequel era. And of course, it's a different type of movie because it's things that we already have more context of. Obviously, I wasn't alive when the original trilogy came out. But I feel like a lot of this is down to J.J. Abrams. I feel like the way he set the tone with this franchise, uh, being the first person that they brought in to sort of set the bar, uh, I'm sure they had many, many conversations with Kathleen Kennedy's a, a, a executive producer on this or a producer. Yeah, he's still producing the film. Absolutely. So, look, a lot of this stuff... They, they wrote episode uh, eight together. I mean, he... W- Ryan Johnson wrote it, but J.J. was involved. There is nobody better in media at at getting people hyped in a viral way 
there's no one better than than J.J. Abrams. Everything that I see and, and am experiencing this sort of fandom directly links back to my excitement of, uh, of, of Lost. It directly links back to my excitement and the hype built up around movies like Cloverfield. I mean, I there aren't other properties like this that I get this speculative about. So I was so excited to see where this was going. Now I've touched, I was going to say, bring it back to Ryan Johnson in the last Jedi panel. What? Well, I am. Where, where did you go? I'm talking about my excitement for this in general. Now, Ryan Johnson, where this comes into all of this, not only did I update my uh, opinions on the star Wars films recently, but I also <laughs> went so far down the fan rabbit hole as to update my opinion of Ryan Johnson in the last few months. Uh, I, I rewatched looper. I, I've seen brick before. I still haven't seen brothers bloom, but I also rewatched breaking bad, which he had, uh, he was involved in definitely two episodes, the fly episode and Ozymandias and, it's so funny. We had a conversation before we did After Schmo uh, the other night, and I was talking to you about just how different this movie is going to look because Ryan Johnson, the way he shoots movies, the way he shoots anything, he, he has such a particular visual aesthetic for how he shoots things. Like from the way that he will start the camera off laying on the ground almost and pick it up with the character itself, as opposed to just shooting that long shot of them getting up off the ground. Or I had told you about an overhead shot uh, of people loading something into a truck in Breaking Bad and the camera panning across from, you know, an aerial view. And I said, you know, I can't wait to see stuff like that. That was one of one of the first things we even got to see in the trailer. I think Ryan Johnson is a very, very special director from from a, a visual standpoint. I'm so excited to see what he does with this movie. And I think he <clears throat> was still the highlight of all of it. Not not because it wasn't fun to see Daisy Ridley come back and be excited. Not because of what same with John Boyega. I mean, those two just ooze charisma and they're always always entertaining um but he, it came it kept coming back to him because it, i think we saw him i think we saw him reacting to statements made about him more than we actually heard him speak i mean there was unanimous praise every single person made it a point and more than more than you know you're your casual like oh by the way ryan johnson like it was more than that they made it a point to talk about how well he directed how well he wrote this movie kathleen kennedy says that he is on his way to becoming one of the all-time great directors mark hamill said he was his favorite director i mean it was it was everything that i had hoped to hear about this movie and it didn't feel fabricated they, they were definitely hyping him up absolutely and and i think it's great too because going into this movie you want to have you want to have a, a lot of hope for it no, no pun intended you want to have uh, an optimistic point of view and if there was anybody out there that was maybe unsure or uh, not even skeptical is the right word but they they didn't they weren't familiar with ryan johnson i think they left Star Wars Celebration or uh, left watching it at home with so much confidence in what this guy can bring to the table just because of how well they sold him. 
it kind of, not to break it down a little bit, but it kind of makes me a little upset that I will never feel this high about Colin Trevorrow. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like speaking, what everything that there's I, there's no body of work to be like, man, game changer. I mean, uh, Brick Looper, like Breaking Bad. Colin Trevorrow accidentally directed the third highest grossing movie of all time. You know what I mean? Like. It's, yeah. there's it's not because of him <laughs> it's not it's just not yeah i, I don't you know what I, I don't even really want to go too far down that road but it's uh <laughs> it's it's great it, it's great that that ryan johnson's had this opportunity so so much so that and and i'm i shouldn't be doing this but i'm gonna say it anyways like i, I hope you're gonna say what i want to say right now well i i want there to be a f- a future with him in star Wars outside of this movie. I mean, you know, we're doing standalones and stuff like that. Um, you know, who, (laughs) who better to direct that blade runner style, uh, star Wars movie that we all want that, that boots, that more boots on the ground, grounded, gritty, that Coruscant underground. I I mean, if, if we're not going to get a Christopher Nolan, I think we can at least get, uh, his, his uh you know younger doppelganger in my opinion i think i think ryan johnson has a, the ability to be the the next sort of christopher I'm, nolan to tell those sort of stories imagine a ryan johnson like a star wars in the vein of looper like you're talking about i mean my goodness yeah absolutely. If, if he was able to stick around and like just work on this franchise do different things um just his just incredible. some of his ideas yeah are, are um, fascinating sure and then of course the fact that he wrote episode nine which is also really great uh what i was gonna say is Not the I, biggest fan of his writing i mean uh, he's i think he's a really good writer but i don't think that's at for me personally between, that's not what you're looking at between directing and writing uh well hopefully this movie surprises you absolutely 100 um well i was gonna say i hope something happens to where <laughs> Episode eight is so special that he just directs episode nine because <laughs> <laughs> everyone, I mean, Colin Trevorrow wasn't even at celebration this year. So it's like, I, I have heard almost nothing. I was about, about to say it. it's the only stuff and not that Man, JJ Abrams. Yeah. Ryan Johnson. Colin Trevorrow's doing the, the oh, last. I one. mean, I was not happy when. anyway, that's not what we're here for. Let's, uh, let's talk more about the panel though. So it was a lot of fun. Um, thinking about what's new you know you know what i mean kelly marie tran is playing rose and ryan johnson said that she is uh the most prominent new character which is says a lot because this is a movie also starring laura dern and also starring benicio del toro, uh, benicio del toro and and so many and so many other people like kylo ren is still around snoke is still around isn't isn't um, uh what's his name in this movie bane what's his name I'm forgetting his name. Bane. Yeah, fucking Tom Hardy. Yeah, isn't he in this movie? He's like a stormtrooper. Yeah, like right. Daniel Craig. Exactly. <laughs> Why are you bringing that up? I'm just saying, Tom Hardy. He's there, obviously going to be uh, a villain in a future Star Wars movie. Right. We all know this. And, and uh, but but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty great, and I'm really looking forward to knowing more about her character. And based on that, though, because there's so much going on, that's why I feel so confident. I'm not the first person to come up with this, but I'm so confident it's going to have that Empire vibe where everyone is obviously just kind of split apart from each other. And everyone's going to have their own adventure and they will tie together at the end. And I think this is the kind of movie that we're going to get. 
Um, what else? Mark Hamill was also great on the panel. BB-8 came out. That was a, it's, that was great. And um, can I touch on one thing you said real quick? Sure. You were saying uh, how it might have an empire feel, and uh, we talked about how the Force Awakens or people have talked about how it has that new hope feel. If there is one fuck bag out there <laughs> that decides to this praise, one, this one was too much oh. like empire empire is the greatest star wars movie of all time th- no what, fuck what's, you no what's gonna happen is that people are going to praise the last jedi for having an empire vibe i mean they're already doing oh yeah it. they already people already want it to have an empire type impact so it's funny that they i mean it, it's funny that they use that against the force awakens but we'll praise yeah. it it's funny you know how you know how the schmoes have ball bags can we have fuck bags <laughs> I thought we had dongs. We do. We have dongs too. Um, we can't say the f word. We're gonna lose our YouTube rights. You need to chill out on that. Yeah. <laughs> we've only we've only been flagged twice. It's fine, and it was for copyright things. Which we also had our channel abducted somehow, and we still haven't gotten have a my, lot of that. But. I have my theories. I'll keep them to myself. <laughs> um. Uh. Okay. Anyway, BB-8. Oh, that was great. And Josh Gad. I'm not a fan of Josh Gad. I was not happy that he was hosting. Um, I didn't find any of his videos with Daisy Ridley funny. Really? But they're, they're one of those things that it's out of spite. Why are you so negative? Like, about I think it? if I think if anyone else did those videos, oh, okay. I would have liked it. So I, I'm I'm fine with blaming myself. I think it's funny how uh, Josh Gad just like over the course of a handful, of, he, for a while he was like uh, the what's the what's the guy's name from Superbad the. McClubbin? No, not not Michael Sarah. Not Michael Sarah, but what's the other actor's name? I forget. Oh, his name. Jonah Hill. Like overnight, he became like the poor man's Jonah Hill, but now he's like one of the biggest <clears throat> actors in Hollywood in terms of he's, some of the money he he's makes. He's great at yelling for comedy. That's what Josh Gad is good for. I thought he did great. He did. I thought that was, that's what I was going to get to. Is his, I thought he did a great. His job. His personality. I mean, the way he conducted himself, uh, sort of bringing everything together and. You know, as as two as two fellow hosts here of, of a of a show, uh, I think w- I have a little bit of appreciate an appreciation anytime somebody is doing something like this and having to facilitate conversations and ask questions, yeah, and then interview people. And I, I do, I think he did a really really good job. And one of the most professional moments that I saw out of him was when the BB-8 bit didn't work and he recovered immediately by calling it out and making fun of it and making a joke. And that's something that um, I learned from David Letterman. Okay. <laughs> so I'll give him that credit. Um, I, think, uh, I think there's one thing uh, that you can say um, that will sum up your thoughts on The Last Jedi poster. Which is the fact that we both have it on our phones. Yeah. I mean, from a graphic design perspective, uh, I thought the Rogue One posters were trash. Um, the Star Wars posters in general, iconic designs. I to- I- 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 iconic. Iconic uh, artwork. I mean, every everything about them sets the trend of, of graphic design and whatnot moving forward. Not only is this poster great, it, it, it's very simple. It's very to the point and retro, retro mysterious. And guess what it's got? It even fucking has an, a Ryan Johnson feel to it. Something about this poster just has that sort of 
that 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 grittiness i i have a really high resolution version of it on my computer and just like some of the grain the the, the film grain going on in the textures of this um i mean it's stuff like that reminds me of things with ryan johnson i mean that's just it's just his feel to it. I, I love it. I, I love it. I, I was designing a logo. I've been designing logos all weekend. And it sucks because this was such a good poster that it's embedded itself in my mind yeah. and I couldn't get outside of being inspired by it. And it kind of it kind of made it difficult. It is a great poster and it's not quite as good as all of the amazing artwork that I've done for Sight and Sound and for uh, SK Plus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's 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 really good. Um, no, it is a great poster, and it reminds me of how. Well, I'll touch on that when we get into the trailer. Um, it's fascinating. I think there's more to take away from that poster. Uh, but what I will say is that I thought it was funny when Ryan teased, um, started to tease what they brought um, to show people. People started to cheer. Then he says the word poster, and there's an immediate groan. When that poster debuted, those groans went away entirely. Absolutely, everyone everyone loved it. So I think that speaks for itself. What are you What are you fidgeting? A around few for? people, you, a few oh. people have talked about this poster. Um, I think I think Christian did a little bit, but there's obviously some throwback to one of the original uh, Star Wars: A New Hope posters w- with Luke holding up his lightsaber in the air, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Leia is sort of grabbing his leg and. And the same symbol. It's a similar symbol we see in the trailer. Definitely. Um, Luke and Kylo's face on either sides of the lightsaber, I think, is fascinating. I'm I'm very curious as to oops, I need to put my phone on mute. Um, I'm very curious as to the lightsaber turning from blue to red. I think that's a f- to me that that speaks to me somehow. I don't know what it means. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get there. Let's okay. go on into the trailer. That's now. fine. Go Let's for talk it. about the trailer. So, what'd you think? <laughs> um, I, I thought that I wanted to speak first, and I decided that you're going to speak first. Um, look, I, I think the trailer is a good trailer. It's a it's a really good trailer. Of course, it gets me stoked. Of course, it gets me hyped. Uh, there's not a lot to take away from the trailer. There's not a lot that we can look to and actually say that we we know what's going on. Of course, because it it has the label of a teaser. It still has that label on it, and and, and that's what it's supposed to do. You're not supposed to really walk away from it having any idea of the story. Um, and I'm fine with that. But with that being said, I'm also I'm also walking away from it just being like. It was a trailer. So I think a lot of people are kind of feeling that. Yeah. I think some people are actually, honestly, maybe a little disappointed. And what I will say... And I understand that. I get that. What I will say is that the Force Awakens trailers gave people this feeling like, like, uh, Lord, take me now. Like, I think people were happy and ready to die just from seeing those great Force Awakens trailers. And I mean, they were able to, you know, take you to another stratosphere. But it's like... Just because this isn't the first one back, this feels more just like a movie trailer. And I think that's why people are disappointed is because – and that's not a criticism of the trailer. I agree with you. It is still a great trailer, but it doesn't have those other stratosphere levels 
like the Force Awakens did, naturally. It, it also it was a natural thing that was probably going to happen. The most that we can take away from it, I think, is is just what we've been talking about. What was probably the highlight of the entire panel to begin with, and that's Ryan Johnson. I mean, this thing showcase gorgeous the visual aesthetic that ryan johnson brings to the table like i talked about that overhead shot of the island uh some some of the i mean the shot of her hand with the rising rocks obviously people are making the the superman jokes and whatnot right but i mean remind me a lot of looper reminded me of some things in looper That's that's the thing though too man because you're 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 talking a lot about and you're absolutely right you're not wrong in saying this you're talking a lot about what ryan johnson is bringing with him to star wars but there's also just there's all also just so much um i'm trying to think of how i want to explain this there it's not always going to be what i think he's bringing with him i think we're just going we're he's going to explode i feel like he he's playing with the toys in the sandbox and he's going to be doing things that he hasn't done yet uh, of because course. he has all these uh things at his uh disposal so that's that's the other side of it that we haven't really uh, t- uh talked about but i think we're already seeing that too i mean there are certain images that i don't even know what to make of them um uh, yes I th- we both talked about the one of the st- some kind of tree and we were talking about the scale of it like at one point yeah. when i first saw it i thought it was like a long shot of a room yeah and there was a light shining down in a room if you kind of pause it and i think christian sort of agreed with this too it looks more like a bookshelf i didn't, kinda zoom I didn't in see on. his uh his bit on it oh you didn't see his trailer what, breakdown like, it was like a video essay type thing yeah breakdown sort of I it was pretty it. much him doing a pot a solo podcast about the with shots of the trailer and copster made uh, tell, put pictures together t- telling copster he's <laughs> he, he said uh make sure you put an arrow here <laughs> an arrow would pop up it was great actually i don't think copster even needs Kristen to tell that i bet copster did it on his own I'm, I'm sure you're right but <laughs> but uh but things like that like that shot uh-huh. Again, like that overhead shot of, of things, uh, th- the shot of, of Luke overlooking that fire. I, I don't want people to think that we're just, you know, hugging all over Ryan Johnson's nuts. That's not, that's not, I mean, we are, but that's not what this oh, is about. Are. When certain directors come to certain movies, they, the way that things are shot without, without the content of the movie being dark, it can bring so much more weight to it. And I I go back to Harry Potter films. When some of those later Harry Potter films, uh, who who was it that uh, was the big changing point in those Harry David Potter Yates. films? David Yates. Well, Alfonso Cuaron. That's Al- it was the absolutely, point. Alfonso Cuaron as well. When they brought those individuals to the table that, that had more thought-provoking uh, cinematography and stuff, and they could just put all of that together, everything just seemed so much more... Tangible isn't the word, but everything just seemed like when you saw a shot, you needed to be paying attention to it. I think the my favorite shots, the ones that were just like captivating that pulled me in, were the shots of uh, the new planet crate. Uh, those shots of those uh, ships coming down over the the plateau and they're spraying the red smoke behind them and they're charging towards Imperial walkers. I mean that that itself was great, and it also was uh, unique to what we're talking. About. It was unique to this Ryan Johnson Star Wars. I hadn't seen anything uh, quite like that in the previous 
movies that we've that we've gotten so uh things like that i mean those that was the shot that was most beautiful to me most uh striking i remember kind of my eyes opening up a little bit when i saw that just because it was so uh cool to look at visually um but yeah like i said that that i wasn't quite sure what that shot was but i'm i am convinced that it's come some kind of ancient text and i talked about that in my trailer reaction uh good call on the obi-wan stuff by the way i didn't pick up on that but um yeah, the R2 and the the Jedi Temple is clearly a flashback because we've already seen that shot from The Force Awakens. Um, and we already know that Luke's, Luke's retired. So that's definitely a flashback. I'm excited to see. I don't know who's behind Phasma. I mean, I know I see other Stormtrooper helmets, but I'm hoping that Knights of Ren are involved there. It's an interesting, um, it's an interesting take because uh, it's another thing Christian pointed out. Should have watched this video. Uh, the uh, no, so because I can still claim these as my original take. <laughs> no, I think that's great. Uh, when when uh, I think Ryan John, or it might have been Daisy Ridley or Ryan Johnson on the panel, they talked about how the uh, the first order, even though Starkiller base was was blown up, they're, they're not they're not resting on their laurels. They're sort of they're on the offensive. They're they're ready to engage in in an attack. They're which, still victorious. Which, which much like the Force Awakens, that's one of the first things we even saw was an attack from the, uh, the first order. That by him saying that, I feel like that's how this movie is going to open up. Uh, we saw the shots of, of Poe running away and, and some sort of ambush his, uh, his tie fighter or not tie fighter, his X wing getting blown up. Um, that trailer did a great juxtaposition because what you see is that shot of from behind Luke of some sort of maybe a Jedi temple or something engulfed in flames. When it cuts to the shot of phasma walking, Mm -hmm. that is that shot looks to be of an X-wing hangar that has been attacked and they're entering into the aftermath of some sort of attack. So it's, I think it's made to make you think that those are part of the same, right? But they're, uh, Christian said this and I, I sort of am agreeing with him. I didn't agree with everything he said in his breakdown, but I was sort of, am agreeing with that. Um, going back to what was said at the panel, uh, Daisy, um, said something that made the entire audience kind of groan. Yeah. Which was that you're going to learn that Ray, sometimes meeting your heroes isn't always what it's cracked up to be. So I'm wondering what that means when you compare it to the last bit of dialogue in the trailer, which is the Jedi must end the end. The trailer ends on that note, but the beginning of the trailer is him training Ray. So what do Let's those this. what do those two things mean? Yeah, uh, and then compare them to uh, Daisy's statement on the panel. I, I spoke about this in my um, in my post trailer theories, but and I've had this for a while, and I think some things are sort of reinforcing it. But I'm sure people are rolling their eyes. Of course, yeah, of course he did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I I think a lot of this movie, understanding this movie, is understanding Luke's state of mind. I mean, this is a guy who has absolutely been through it. His uh his mentor in Obi-Wan was killed. His his dad was his sworn enemy and did a lot of really, really, really bad shit. <laughs> Sorry, I I was thinking about what Christian said. <laughs> <laughs> 
where if Christian Harloff wrote Luke Skywalker dialogue, it'd be, yeah. my best friend died because my nephew's a moron. Right. <laughs> But yeah, and, and which is why I think, and I, this isn't again probably a unique take, but uh, we talked about it off air. I think that that's why Luke is kind of already teary eyed when Ray finds him on the island is because he feels that his yeah. best friend passed uh, uh, through the Force. So I mean, that's something I didn't mention in, in my in my theories thing was that yeah, he just lost Han as best friend, and yeah, he was focusing on rebuilding the Jedi, and what happened fucking kylo ren betrayed him his nephew and had some sort of uh another jedi purge so to speak of i'm sure it was young individuals young adults kids as we know that uh kids at a very young age or when they have to begin their training who knows what he's seen so of course he's probably this grumpy old man uh very jaded get off my lawn so to speak and I think understanding this idea and this philosophy of if there are uh, the only thing that has come with Jedi to his knowledge has been death and destruction, even though they're supposed to be people that bring peace, even though they are people that are supposed to uh, keep the peace. That's the only thing that's happened. So much like uh, old adages have always said, there must be, if there's good, there also must be evil. I think that's sort of what he's saying. My theory was that the training might have been, you know, who knows? Maybe she convinces him or something like that. But I'm sort of hoping. Or maybe it's Chewie. <laughs> I, I sincerely think that, and I'm not the only one that said this, and I'm sort of buying into it, that maybe Star Wars is trying to move away from the idea of Jedi. Maybe they're trying to move on to something different. Obviously, um, there's stuff going on in rebels with other entities uh just in the show and that's that's fine the inquisitors yeah absolutely so i think maybe he's going to be training her so that she can harness uh her force abilities and maybe she just to defend herself or help her friends he knows that there is danger out there he, i just don't think he wants to start i don't think he wants to train another jedi and then put it on her shoulders to have this responsibility to carry on this movement just go out there and be a fucking badass and i heard you mention this and uh again this is another thing i mentioned in my video but i heard you mention in your video that people had some sort of criticism with well how could she defeat Kylo? She wasn't even trained as a Jedi. I had no idea that that was even a criticism. Really? Guys, shut the fuck no, up. No, hold on, hold on. You don't okay. know about the whole Mary Sue controversy? No. What is this about? I think the the main reason this came to the forefront, you'll never believe who started this. Max Landis. Max Landis' argument. Max Landis's argument. Chronicle is great. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and Ameri- I, I just took it from your movie collection. American Ultra is pretty good too. But uh, I haven't seen. A lot of fun. Um, best Kristen Stewart's been in years. Uh, <laughs> and Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. Max Landis's argument is that she is a Mary Sue. She is thin because she didn't have to work to get to where oh, she boy. is her full potential has already been reached it's not interesting that she, she it's not interesting for a main character to already have every ability possible she has everything at her disposal and he says that it's it's uh, a fault of the movie that this main character didn't have a period of learning that she already 
is already was. Well, that is the biggest bunch of bullshit that I've ever heard in my life. So I hope somebody out there lets and, Max know this. If and, you've never seen the show, oh, this has already been a thing. He whatever. came under massive scrutiny. Whatever. The, I don't know why. The, to me, the 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 second I saw this movie, and I saw her, you know. Uh, summon the lightsaber from the snow and be able to go the way that that was shot explained everything that i needed to know to me because she was very very uh raw in that moment she was you know kylo ren was overcoming her but at a certain point after finn was was struck down and she was overcome with even more passion, emotion, love, potentially f- fear, all of those things that make up what the force is, all of her raw energy. She could be an incredibly power, powerful force, uh, sensitive also- individual and, and much, I, I made this, I made this statement in, in my video. If anybody's ever watched Dragon Ball Z before, Gohan was a, the type of character who often relied on his raw anger and emotion to be one of the most powerful Saiyans to ever live. She could have that raw energy when we've all heard the stories before about like how mothers will move cars off of their kids <laughs> when they've been run, run over. Well, those mothers are Mary Sue's. Exactly. Exactly. Hold on. Let me let me stop you only okay. because this. This debate is like a year and a half old. Well, so people we, people have already kind well, of done this. But there but. are people that probably don't know. I didn't know. I wasn't yeah, no privy idea. to this this whole thing. But all I'm saying is is that makes perfect sense. And that's feeding into this whole thing about the Jedi must must end. I mean, if if she is a powerful force sensitive individual who can who can do what she did on her own by just relying on, you know, on just her emotions and, and all that stuff. That is such a cool character. What I was laughing about as you were talking is that uh, whether fans like it or not, it actually just comes down to midichlorians. <laughs> so <laughs> she just has a, a good abundance of midichlorians, and that's all you need to know <laughs> if you want to if you want to put it that way. But but anyway. Um, yeah, that that was something that's been uh, debated. Well, I didn't know, so um, I, was, I, I, I would, was pissed. I, <laughs> where were we going? Anyway, I the, already didn't like your hair, stupid hair, Max Landis. The last thing that I wanted to say about the trailer, which it was what I was going to say about the poster, but I saved it, is that what I like about the poster and the trailer, the fact that Kylo Ren. Yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The return of Kylo Ren has me more excited than anything. I I like the character. He's my not, favorite character in Force Awakens. See, that's what I was gonna say. I don't agree with that. He, he's not like one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, but I defend him as a good character. Um, I I like the type of character we haven't seen in exactly, Star Wars especially against the people that are like, oh, emo Kylo Ren. He's just kind of a pussy. Well. He's an unhinged, crazy person. Absolutely, and and that's why he's fascinating to watch. And his his viewpoint is is very interesting. Every um, time he is on screen in that movie is unsettling. Those are the types had, of characters he had you so celebrate. Many great moments. The great moment of him uh, stopping uh, that bullet in the first scene by the force. I mean, that was great. Um, the moment where he's slashing the computer and the stormtroopers turn around. Great moment. Um, where he, he force chokes a guy. That's a great moment. The, and the last lightsaber battle between him and Ray is great. It's incredible. I love that scene. The way it's shot. 
Yes. Shout out to JJ, man. That the way that that whole that whole sequence is shot. Also, uh, one of the my favorite things about not just Kylo Ren, but whatever he is, he's not a Sith. Obviously, we don't know he's some sort of Havsy thing. Uh, all of these new abilities that he has are fascinating to me. Like that's cool. I like that we're seeing things that we don't know. His ability also called a blaster a bullet. I'm sorry. Whatever he <laughs> whatever he does with his mind, uh, he does it to Poe. He does it to Ray, where he's trying to search through, through their thoughts to extract things, and it's also used as like a torture mechanism. That's cool too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Um, Adam Driver is a G. So anyway, well, I don't know about that. I think just because he's in girls. No, I just I won't get into it. But um. <laughs> okay. I, I will say that it's a funny uh, looking fella. I will say that uh, him being kind of face to face with Luke on the poster is awesome, and his shot in the trailer is badass. My second favorite. You don't see much of it. I know my second favorite shot. It's him just twisting his lightsaber. When do you and think I that had is? to make it my thumbnail? When do you think that that is? I have no idea. Can I? But someone he. I think the person he's looking at also has a lightsaber in their hand. I think that is a shot of the flashback. I think Oh, okay. I think the Knights of Ren come in. They Hold on, I'm thinking about the timeline cuz that happened like that that happened like 7 years before The Force Awakens. So he would have been significantly younger. Okay. Well, maybe that's not the case, but regardless, I would like to think that's what it was. The Knights of Ren come in and they're attacking and killing all these people, and he's face-to-face with Luke. Uh, for some reason, maybe Luke can't defeat him, and he takes his mask off and reveals that it's him. That would be cool. Maybe it wasn't that long. I know that Kylo and Luke were hanging out seven years prior. Can, can I Can I bring, anyway. can I bring up another thing uh, that Christian theorized that's got me really excited? Uh, no, thanks. There's the shot of, uh, of Ray running sort of in the dark with a lightsaber. Yeah. I don't know if this was like a little birdie told him this, but this could have just been completely <laughs> fabricated by him. I have no idea, but he's under the impression that there will be some sort of, of fight scene where it's it's Luke and Ray together mm, having okay. to fight against Kylo and the Knights of Ren, and that's what they're run, they're running at each other in that scene. I, I have a theory that it sounds so. I have great. a theory that Christian talked to. There goes our YouTube. Uh, I have a feeling that Christian talked to the Lucasfilm Story Group before filming all of his videos on the weekend. The the, la- the last time I sorry about all the f bombs. Last time I was this hyped and got uh, self conscious of of me dropping f bombs was when we were both super hyped after finishing Game of Thrones and <laughs> we stood up and podcasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those are, that's all I got on the trailer mainly. I mean, would you have anything else other than the the, the space the space battle looked yeah, good? Never been my favorite part of Star Wars. So really, yeah, it, that was the, something that we missed in uh, Force Awakens. The best though, the I think the best we've ever seen a space battle, in my opinion, was actually Rogue One. So I'm, you know, a new bar has been set in my opinion, and uh, I'm excited to see that. That's something I don't. I think might always it wasn't challenging to we didn't you're right we didn't see it but aerial battles in general not something that JJ Abrams is new to obviously we saw a lot of it in Star Trek so to see what Ryan Johnson can bring to the table I that I don't think that's something that he's ever really had to deal with before um so I'm excited to see what he what he does excuse me I've got the hiccups what's the matter with you um what and my final thought is that there's there continues to be a visual 
climb as far as the quality of Force Awakens. Rogue One was an improvement, in my opinion, as far as the visuals go. No, you've got and, because- <laughs> uh, Episode eight improves on that further. Um, two, just two random tidbits that we got from Celebration. Just a quick take. Um, Captain Phasma comic. There's going to be four issues uh, that take place. Uh, it's basically her escape from Starkiller Base after she was thrown in the trash. Another character we literally and, know uh, nothing about. Yeah, she, I, I think that this character deserves a comic, and I hate that they've already capped it at four issues, especially when, I don't know. I mean, I feel like you can barely get past the trash compactor in four issues. But then again, uh, Shattered Empire was four issues, and that was a pretty great comic. Um, but anyway, it takes place between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, how she escaped. Uh, any thoughts on that at all? Um, if there's anything at all that I'm just not well versed in, it's, it's actually Star Wars comic books. Um, not that I have any issue with them at all, but I mean, I, I've obviously I watch the movies. Obviously I've, I've dipped my toes into rebels and I've played, uh, battlefront in many different versions of it so do you have uh marvel unlimited or something do you have comiXology um, one? no i was going to get it but i'd never i want you to trigger. read shattered empire it's four issues it's about uh poe's mother um it's kind of a game changer as far as what it, it changes kind of star wars forever and a lot of people who don't read the comics have no idea why but um, there's something that happens. Tells you who Snoke is. No, there's something that happens at the end of that comic that kind of changes what the force is for yeah. people. And I'm waiting for them to bring it up in a movie and I'll just leave it at that. It's only four issues, but I would, I would highly recommend reading shattered empire. It's Do you a have lot them? of fun digitally. Oh, um, it's four issues. Just get them. Um, okay. Uh, the second tidbit um, last week we knew that Carrie Fisher's brother, uh, spoke on behalf of uh, the, I guess their estate saying that the Lucasfilm has permission to use stock footage of her to sort of replicate a performance of hers in episode nine. Um, however, Kathleen Kennedy came out and said that that will not be the case that she will not be replicated in any way for episode nine. And that after her passing, there was sort of like a day one rewrite on episode nine. Um, this kind of falls back on the foundation that they set a uh, very uh, quickly after her uh, uh, passing, which was that they were not going to create her digitally. And it sounds like that Lucasfilm is uh, standing firm on that stance. Do you have any thought on that? Um, no, but I do think, well, I, I do. <laughs> I don't know why I said no. I think it's interesting. I think, I don't think this was any, I think maybe more or less this was them sort of, uh, calling an audible on it as opposed to giving misinformation to the estate of, of Carrie Fisher. I think that perhaps that was the plan to use the stock footage for episode nine, but because when she had passed the the movie had was already done filming uh, episode 8 was already done filming uh so i find it hard to believe that that they had already had an arc that wrapped up with her in episode 8 because i think leading up to that 
we had heard reports that she had a lot to do with episode nine. So perhaps that additional unused footage was from episode eight, maybe even some Force Awakens stuff potentially. And it was used to potentially close a story arc uh, on her character. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. It's not the right word. I, I always get weirded out when when somebody this beloved passes in real life and we have to see that recreated in film. I remember when Heath Ledger uh, passed away with the Dark Knight. And, dude, there's a scene of him in the Dark Knight in a body bag. He wasn't dead. And that, like, got me a little bit when I saw that for the first time. It also got me when you actually see Lee- Heath Ledger's face in the, uh, in the parade scene. Yeah, and... Um, so I don't know how they're going to handle it, but uh, however they do it, I'm sure they're going to do it with with great care. So, and also don't want them to just be like, "Oh yeah, Leia's going to go away for a while." It's like you know what I mean. It's like I don't want something like that either. But I have confidence in, in however they decide to do it. I can't add to that much because everything else that I could or could not say just has to wait until yeah. we see Episode Eight. I mean. Part of me has a hard time imagining that there could be such a uh, 180 done to where we this character is so prominent in episode eight and then not prominent at all. And there's no way they're going to kill her off. Have we heard word so, about the runtime of this movie? Oh, no, no, there's no way. I mean, they're, let's get, they're probably nowhere near a let, final cut. Let's, let's speculate. How long are you thinking for this movie? Uh. 220. I think this is going to be one. As in two hours, not 220. I think this is going to be one of the longest Star Wars movies ever because there's so much. What's the longest one? Is it episode three? Is that the longest one? I'm not sure, but um, there's so. Because there was so little development in The Force Awakens, I feel like you obviously can't develop in the last one. You can't spend time developing. This is the time, this is their moment. And. I feel like there's a lot to tell still. Here come the dogs. I feel like there's a lot to tell in this film, and uh, I think they need to, to to take their time. Just from what I know from Ryan Johnson's directing, he's a guy that does like to take his time. I, I mean, developing things. One of my main criticisms with Looper was that I felt like uh, they spent too too much time developing, which is just my personal take, but... <laughs> Uh, you have to clarify because you can see me just blankly staring. <laughs> yeah, and as uh, you criticize Looper. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, again, confidence, full confidence in this thing. I, I want. I have. If they came out tomorrow and they're like, guys, this is going to be a four hour movie, I'd be like, fuck yes, I don't care at all. Like, let's do it. Let's fucking go. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking two twenty. Um, Looper is better than Blade Runner. Let's. Uh, we're done with uh, Friday. Um, d- I don't want to take another break because we'll probably t- – are we going to take a break now and then talk about Saturday, Sunday? Or do you want to take a break after Saturday and close? Uh, let's let's do that. I, I feel better doing okay. that. But- well, we, we can kind of – I think Saturday will move along faster because we have less to say about it probably. Yeah, 100%. Starting with the fact that we got our Rebels panel. Uh, not only did we get the Rebels panel, but we got the Rebels trailer. And the only reason why this might be the quicker portion is just because we're not caught up on Rebels yet. I mean I know – uh, some stuff about it, uh, based on context, and just because I'm, you know, you know, always listening to things Star Wars. But, um, but what I did like, 
about uh, about the panel is it, it it's just like I think Rebels is one of the most special things, and even Clone Wars. Even though I, I'm not caught up on it, Rebels is just where you go to get everything else. Like it, it's where you go to get more context for the universe that you're in where you get to see things uh whether it be on the rebellion side or the empire side that you aren't going to get from the movies if because you, the if, movies are so focused on like a, a the black versus white and the the heroics of being a jedi and the the movies are going to be more focused on that but when you go to rebels this this is where you kind of uh, see more of the aftermath uh, that was like Order sixty six with Kanan or uh, the Mandalorian culture with Sabine or Zeb. It's I mean, you you get so much more in this type of show. If you have a Star Wars itch that needs to be scratched, that's where you go, pretty much. Yes, absolutely. Um, so anyway, I think the show is well done from what I've seen. I'm in the middle of season two right now. Uh, I do like a lot of the characters. Uh, so much that I would actually love to see them in their uh, movie form, actually. Um, I, don't, I don't know how well that would translate, only because I feel like so many more people watch the movies that they have no use for these characters. You know what I mean? Or it does, It's not the same for them. You know what I mean? It's not like a – Yeah. It, it's only a very special Easter egg if Ezra shows up in another movie, whereas it's not going to do anything for most people. But uh, anyway, I think that – what I saw from this trailer, <laughs> what's funny is people are like, if you're in the middle of season two, why'd you watch this trailer? Um, I've been spoiled of several things in the show. Um, but also it's a... Uh, I watched it and I felt spoiled by literally nothing. There was a dog and it looks like my dog. That's about it. I don't think you heard what I said. Um, I know about things that I haven't seen yet in the show. Right. <laughs> As do I. I listen oh, to okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. But... um. I thought the trailer was good, actually. Uh, I thought the... Aren't we the, waiting for this? Huh? I thought we were waiting until tomorrow to talk about this. We're talking about it right now? Why did you think that? Because you asked me if we were going to take another break, and I said that we could just talk thought, about it tomorrow. I mean, it's fine. We can talk about it. Oh, I thought... I was saying that the break would come after this, and then we talk about oh. Sunday and then close. That's fine. Whatever. I thought that the, that's what you agreed to. It doesn't matter. Just continue. We have a show to run here. Okay. Um, where was that? Anyway, the trailer was great. Uh, I thought the narration was actually pretty epic um, from uh, Hera. I can't remember her name, the pilot. Um, from her, and then we uh, saw stuff from Sabine, and um, I just kind of thought it was a it was a really cinematic trailer, and it really got me into wanting to watch uh, Rebels again because it's been a while. Uh, I've been on sort of a Rebels hiatus. But anyway, I like the trailer. Uh, what did you take from it, if anything? Or the panel, too, of course. I, I didn't watch the panel. I did catch the trailer. Um, I like I like the tone that they're setting with the trailer in, in terms of getting the announcement that this is the last season of Rebels, I think, sets enough of a tone. But, Correct, yeah. But the, the tone of the trailer itself just seemed like coming to a close. And, and again, I hate to – this isn't like the, the – the Jedi council after show. That's not what you've tuned into. This is still sight and sound, but again, Christian made a, a good point. Oh boy. By saying that, uh, he's going to listen to this. He's going to ask us to start covering that too. He, <laughs> he made this point basically saying that one of the best things about this being the last season is that they finally get 
the chance to tell a story that that is a little bit more focused. You know, they don't have to worry about the the uh, throwaway episodes with Chopper or anything like that. They just <laughs> They they can just kind of get down to brass tacks and tell the the main story that they want to tell. And, and any time you get a, a series finale season like that, I think that's one of the best things. It's also a scary time. I, I know as well, just from so many season ending or series ending seasons can go so well or so bad. So uh, this show is so beloved by the people that follow it. I mean, the people that watch this show love this show. I mean, and they're from all ages. Like, absolutely, someone on the outside might think this is an animated kids show because it's on Disney XD. But all, I mean, talk about Kristen Harloff in his forties <laughs> covering this show weekly. I mean, it, it's it, literally it, his job. <laughs> He's made it his job to like pretty much right. I mean, do this. Yeah, but he would have been like, yeah. Our point being, he would have been doing it anyway. Right. And that's absolutely. How, yeah. He's made a career out of it. So yeah, look. Um, I I don't watch Rebels actively. There will be a day so, where I go back to it, but that was my next question. But let me just say, uh, I will definitely go back to it at some point. Why not? It's from what I've seen, it is such a good show uh, for, especially for what it is. But it's also not only is it a good show for what it is, but it's they Star Wars here. And what Disney has done by by making this, putting this show in development, and obviously Clone Wars before it, they have established a great way to to continue on with these franchises. I mean, the fact that ever the fact that they have laid the groundwork and said that this is going to be canon now. This is all canon. The fact that if you want more, like you said, if you want more of this stuff. This is what you have to do as a franchise. You need to be making this sort of content. A lot of people probably look at the show and say it's it's just a cartoon, but it's not just a cartoon. It's contributing. Why are to, you hitting the shit out of your knees all of a sudden? I don't know. When I, talking. This, is, this is just how it is. <laughs> this is this is a show that is integral to the greater story of Star Wars that we all love. It's like you're never going to get a movie that spends time on the follow-up between Kenobi and Maul. Yeah. But something that big is happening on Rebels, and I think that's the coolest thing about it. My question was going to be uh, – you kind of already answered it. My next question was going to be when the show's over, are you more inclined to to binge it um, and kind of uh, catch up on it in that sense? Well, I'm more, I'm more excited about what they're going to do next, like what, uh, what Dave Filoni and his team are going to focus on, whether it's – and when that's going to be, I, I personally am hungry. I'm so, I'm not really hungry right now because we just ate, but I'm hungry for more uh, Star Wars stuff in the years between Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, that 30 year span. I think when they go there, it's going to be a statement and, um, are, are we're pretty much done talking about rebels for the most yes. part. Cause I want to make one last thing, uh, before we go to our next break, I guess we're going to our, our break after this. Okay. Nope. We're not, but let me just say this. I'll just say it. I'm going to say, it. uh, I think this is an interesting time for star Wars and Disney right now with the, uh, the last Jedi coming out because the force awakens was sort of them putting their stake in the ground. This is where we're going. This is the roadmap. This is the tone, um, we're going to still keep our foot in the door with all this stuff in the prequel era. 
putting out stuff like like Rogue One and, and Han Solo film and all this other stuff. I think right now where we're at is the door closing and another door opening in terms of them wanting to pave their own way, like I've already talked about for the last two hours. And I think that this is going to be a transition period for them to move ahead with Disney's Star Wars story. We've gotten a little bit of it. But I think this is the time for them to 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 do that. And I think this is the middle. We have a we have three movies. We got one. We're getting two, which is smack dab in the middle, and we're going to get three, and then whatever else is after that. So I want Dave Filoni and his team to work on something like that. What what story do you want to see them tell next? I and what do you think they're I, going to tell? I next? think they're going to do another live action. Um, excuse me. I think they're going to do another animated. Um, right. but. I want it to be live action so bad because I don't think the world is ready for a live action Star Wars show. That, I, that's not a conversation I want to have right now. Right. But 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 that's what I'm that's what you I'm hoping for just because it's it's the new thing. I mean that's that's what people were wanting if, long before Lucasfilm was even bought out. Like people still in because George Lucas teased us. He's, he had it in he, development. He had it in development. He had all the all these scripts actually exist of a TV show. And it was at the time too expensive to make, but those days are long gone. I think. I think it is time, especially when Netflix is spending all the money on a show like The Get Down and all the money on a show like Marco Polo. I, I know, mean, Jesus it, Christ! I know, right? Could you imagine if Disney owned Star Wars? All the money that oh oh they can do that. The oh wait, thing- wait, wait, what's that? Game of Thrones spends <laughs> a lot of money. Fuck you! The, the Get other out thing, of here. The other thing, Mickey is, Mouse. Quit, let it rain. Let it rain. Quit saying the f word. I'll say it whenever I want. Look, the other thing that's interesting about this is all the rumors that Reed Hastings of Netflix is second in line to take Bob Iger's job as head of Disney when he leaves the company. Who's that? Huh? Who's Rich Hastings? Reed Hastings in oh. charge of content development at Netflix. Didn't we, didn't we go to school with a Reed Hastings? <laughs> it's a joke. Okay. Is it a safe space to make that joke? So Battlefront 2, um, it's safe to say that Battlefront was a disappointment. Um, I bought into it at the time. Like I was so excited. We were about to go into The Force Awakens. I remember the protest videos from Jeremy Johns. I remember people kind of saying that they weren't going to buy into this game because they weren't giving you a game. Um, it wasn't enough. And But I didn't care. I just wanted to play. I love the original Battlefront games. I was so hyped up because of Star Wars. I did it anyway. It did not last. Um, I mean, the game was fun at first, but it it came and went so hard. Um, and I think that is what most people feel and think about their experience with that game. I know some people are still playing it, but I, I'm not convinced that they're having a great time with it. This panel was awesome. Did you see any of the panel? I did not see any of the panel. If you had, you would have... You would have been blown away. Would I, I have dug my uh, Xbox One out of yes. my closet right here? Yes. Look, they have promised us so much. They have promised us not only a, f- a full game, but what could potentially be one of the greatest Star Wars games. It gives us the single-player campaign mode. 
that was is now now we know it's coupled with this book that was announced i believe last month uh inferno squad which inferno squad when the book was announced it sounded like just the opposite of rogue one which didn't really sound interesting at first but now that we know it's coupled with this game and have more context it the, the book is the precursor to the character and the game mode that we have and it sounds really cool. Inferno Squad is this new uh, ragtag team of the Empire. And it, basically the game is about avenging, avenging the Emperor's death after the Death Star explodes for the second time in Return of the Jedi. And the cutscenes look great. And that's what we got in this trailer. They talked about how um, this game spans the entire timeline of Star Wars that exists. Whether, whether you get some of the prequels, prequel area prequel era original trilogy era and uh like kylo ren is a playable character ray is a playable character all the things that they sort of had to add on via dlc in the first game that's you're already getting it in battlefront 2 and you're getting all of their custom uh the custom vehicles that go along with it and you can like create classes and it just finally feels like a real game um and the fact that it seems to be a great story, um, it's just everything that you want as a Star Wars fan uh, in a game. And I think it looks absolutely incredible. You saw the trailer, Jay. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it looked really, really good. I mean, the story alone was interesting to me. Like I said, I, I just said it a minute ago that I wanted to see what happened between The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. I'm getting it with this game. I mean, that's, it's literally the stuff that happens immediately after. And, uh, I think that's fascinating. I think it's awesome and really cool that we're getting, uh, canon material via the game. Um, I, I bought Battlefront like uh, around Christmas time this year. Never played it. I still haven't played it to this day. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I okay. just, just didn't have time doing a bunch of podcasts. And, <laughs> So, uh, but I did play the Battlefront games. One of the more underrated games uh, from actually when I was in college, I remember skipping class habitually uh, and playing this game and f- trying to find people to play it with me and nobody was playing Battlefront 2 for Xbox uh, 360. It was a 360 or Xbox One. I think it was on Xbox One, but it might have been not Xbox One, but or the first was, Xbox. I think it was Xbox. Yeah, so I loved it, man. I thought it was great. It was one of my favorite games back then. Um, I didn't like I said, I didn't play the first Battlefront, but to know, I'm not. I've, I've never been a huge multiplayer video game player, anyways. But the fact that they didn't have it at all, I thought was a little annoying. Um, you mean campaign? They didn't have campaign at all. Yeah, a campaign. Yeah, the single player was kind of just like, what are we doing here? We're just running around doing shit. Um, yeah, I don't really know how much I, more I can contribute to other than it sounds really good. I was going to say, but you finally feel like you're excited for it, for a game. I'm excited more so for than it. than the first time. I'm excited for it. I would like a uh, – I want a mode like they had in Battlefront 2 where – Essentially, they they had a storyline from different perspectives, and they would drop you into a a battle, right? And you would run around, and if you died, you would respawn as another character, and whoever side killed everybody else first won. <laughs> that was really fun. I was surprised by a lot of the concept art um, that came about because 
you know, you, you hear, I mean, the games have done, the Battlefront games have done things in the original trilogy era and the prequel and all that stuff. And you, you've always kind of been able to play as different characters. Um, but they showed concept heart of Camino. And I'm like, wow, that's a really great setting for this video game. And it's like they're, they're giving you a, just kind of everything and more. That's kind of the attitude. Uh, and I think that they are doing it in response to how Battlefront was handled. I kind of think they – well, in addition to the fact that they know that people were probably disappointed, I think it's just different because they were rushed in that first game to get something out. Um, whereas they're not – they weren't as rushed this time and they were able to kind of think about what they wanted out of a game. So I, I think that we're going to be uh, very happy come November and uh, and yeah, and again with the book, if uh, people are uh, were concerned about that, because at first I kind of thought it was a, a lame idea. Now I'm excited for that book as well, uh, which comes out in uh, I think the book comes out in July and then the game will be in November. So so anyway, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to learning about we were just talking about Force Unleashed and we were talking about how uh, great a character like Starkiller was. Um, I'm hoping that we get a sense of that with the um, the the lady that um, drives uh, Battlefront Two. I can't think of her name uh, right now, but I hope I hope to uh, to know it very soon. So anyway, I, I I'm just ec- ecstatic, and I thought that I was hoping that this panel was one of the best, and I think it absolutely was. So um, that's all I have to say. I think we're ready for uh, for our, another break, and then we'll get into everything we saw on Sunday and get the hell out of here. Yeah, like we said, uh, we're recording this on a Saturday. We haven't seen Sunday yet, so we're going to take a break. You guys won't know it, but we'll take a break. We'll come back the next day. Hopefully nothing happens to either of us in between now and then. Real quick, uh, just for my own sake, what what are we looking at tomorrow's schedule? Is it books? Are we looking at Star Wars novels well, well the the weird thing is that this morning uh when i saw um on twitter they had promised the uh the marvel panel the the comic stuff but that was nowhere to be found today unless i absolutely missed it um instead there was a huge uh, cosplay competition which was uh pretty funny to watch um so i i, I assume that um we're gonna get the marvel stuff on sunday um, and then I'm hoping that there's going to be some kind of uh, like huge announcement, uh, some kind of big announcement, whether it be some Han Solo stuff, um, maybe even something involving Obi-Wan. I'm hoping that Childish Gambino closing out the entire event. Uh, maybe. Um, so I'm what if that actually happened? You're like, holy shit! This is <laughs> it'd be it'd be pretty funny, but um, I don't know. I don't think that's. Gonna I'm not going to use my catchphrase. I have, I have, I will have foreseen it, but I'm not not feeling it. The force is not strong with what I'm seeing. We are going to get some uh, book stuff from the uh, Del Rey novels, so maybe a little bit more on Inferno Squad. That I'm excited about. Legitimately oh, really? excited. Absolutely. I look. I don't read these books. I mainly get the breakdowns on them on Jedi Council, and I'm I always kind of am like touching, uh, like touching the water to see if it's hot enough for me to actually, uh, you know, consume. Because I don't know, I, I'm very interested. Like I said, I want to know more 
new stuff that actually matters, the canon stuff. I remember back in the day reading some old Star Wars novels that are now part of the Legends stuff and being like, okay, so this is supposed to tie into the story. I don't buy any of this. But I like the pacing that they're releasing all of these things, especially the books. Talk about something to be involved with if you have a itch that needs to be scratched. I mean, those books, a deep dive into some great characters like, like Thrawn, for instance, which I haven't heard anything about that book. I don't know if it's good, if it lives up. To I haven't gotten to read it yet because of leftover stuff, but absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, we're anticipating the announcement of what a few more novels. I would assume, I would assume that it's like two or three novels. Absolutely. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be back. After our break to talk about it. Are you going to close this out? Uh, no, you just did. All right. We love you guys. We'll be right back. Did you know that Sight and Sound has a YouTube channel? If you didn't, you need to go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Sight and Sound. Or you can find a link in the description of this podcast. But yeah, if you're wanting more Sight and Sound content, you can get a ton of it over on our YouTube page. There's a lot more content over there. I do music reviews. Ryan talks about movies. We talk about TV, obviously. And yeah, it's kind of a a nice little place to go if you need some more sight and sound in your life. So, uh, we thought things were going... You thought, we both thought, things were going to happen at Star Wars Celebration on Sunday. It's Sunday now. So what you thought that there was going to be a Marvel panel today? Was that right? At one point when I looked at the schedule, they said that the Marvel panel was happening on Saturday. And uh, I think I said this earlier um, that it just never happened. And then another time that I looked at the schedule, it said that it was going to happen on Sunday and then it just never happened again. So, it's, I mean, I've been watching Celebration off and on, but at the same time, everything that's covered at Celebration is also covered on Twitter. It's also covered on film blogs. I have seen no evidence of this Marvel panel. Right. I was also under the impression that we would get some kind of Han Solo tease. It didn't have to be footage. Just an acknowledgement, seeing Alden Ehrenreich at one point. Like, there was zero acknowledgement that Han Solo was even a thing at L- Celebration. I'm a little I find surprised that, by that. I find that very weird. I, I'm not even, again, I'm not even judging that, oh, we should have gotten a teaser. It's That's not a critical point it, for you. It was the pure absence of it that I found, find very peculiar. Um, and then we also expected uh, an announcement for the next tv series i'm actually a little um i actually don't mind that as much because i think that even that was maybe jumping ahead like celebration was about the announcement of rebels ending so i think you would kind of overshadow that in the anticipation of our final season uh if you had uh prematurely announced it so i'm actually more okay with that even though i went into celebration thinking that's what we were gonna get so we came out of star wars celebration on sunday wrapping it up I thought, I mean, obviously you've got your ear more to the ground than I do, but I actually really did think that we were probably going to get some sort of big closing ceremony announcement, maybe. But I had even joked to you earlier that what if we got another teaser trailer for Last Jedi, which was completely like, 
you know bogus but it was but fun. that would have been fucking sick like that would have been a music uh that would have been like a, a a music thing to do to be like oh we dropped this now we're gonna drop this too but did it did it at least disappoint you maybe that we didn't get something more to talk <laughs> about from today uh it did disappoint me but now i know i have two star wars celebrations under my belt um I just know that the last day is never going to be anything to me. Yeah. Because I I kind of thought that Star Wars Celebration London last year was sort of an outlier because so many people were disappointed by it. Um, I kind of well this this, this is year they'll make they'll make up for it. But Sunday is just I guess never supposed to be anything. Yeah. Uh, we got the Hamill himself panel, which I really would have been, uh, into, uh, but I was uh, busy, you know, it's Easter Sunday and we had some other, th- or I had some other things going on. Um, but at least, but, uh, did any additional yeah. news come out of that? Any, any discussion no. topics that people were no. buzzing about? I, I haven't heard anything. I haven't read or heard about anything that happened today. Okay. Well, let's, let's wrap up, uh, Star Wars celebration. I want to go back to actual uh, The Last Jedi for one more time before we wrap this whole thing up. But So Star Wars Celebration of 2017, we get the 40-year panel, we get the Last Jedi uh, stuff, we get the Rebels stuff, we get the Battlefront stuff. Those four things is that are do those all tick boxes in terms of Star Wars Star Wars Celebration 2017 was a success. Yes. You think it was? Yes. Despite the fact that we it sort of kind of petered out in the last 2 days. Uh I wouldn't say that it petered out in 2 days. Okay. I think it petered out miserably in one day, but may, maybe that's just how it's supposed to go. Yeah. Maybe that's just how it is and I was under the wrong impression. Did Childish Gambino close out the, the entire ceremony? Yes, he did. Was it woke? Did he stay woke? Yes. Okay, good. Well, look, I, I had a blast sort of staying up to date on this. Um, it was a big weekend, I think, for pop culture in general. I mean, we we just finished The Leftovers. We're about to record our podcast for that. Hopefully, you guys are watching that show with us as well. But uh, you had the Coachella stuff. I heard a lot of people talking about that. I went over for Easter Sunday in my, uh, my junior year cousin is that the right way to say it my cousin who was a junior in high school was talking about was talking about the coachella stuff and i was like wow you know about this that's crazy to me um she taught she got out uh the fact that migos and drake joined future on stage before i could even address it to her which was made me very very happy what was that like because you're usually the person that likes to tell other people about that kind of stuff okay did you know this and yes jay well, I mean, yes, I did. I, I was happy about it. I actually missed Drake's performance uh, with Future. But anyways, besides that, we also got the Kendrick Lamar uh, album drop. And still, I think the Star Wars stuff, as it should be, I don't think it should be in any question, but I, I think it was definitely the highlight of the weekend. Such a crazy weekend. And I think it's a, a good way to cap it off with a three-hour Star Wars celebration uh, episode. Yeah, we we got pretty close. I, we we might break it. But I do want to ask you a few questions because I asked you this off air. Uh, your take on I know your take on the Last Jedi trailer and all of that stuff, but I don't know what you think 
about this movie. I don't know what you think we have to expect. You keep uh, you keep saying I don't know, and I think that's a very valid question. Um, are, are you you're not the type of guy that likes to theorize and stuff like that? Not really. No. Okay. I mean, I I can't even come up with an answer to that question. It it is just I don't know. Part part of it is because, um, I I imagine things and I think about things, but it's hard for me to actually believe that anything I come up with on my own because it's so uneducated uh, would actually come true. So I don't usually waste my time discussing it or entertaining my own ideas. I guess. I mean, for years. I thought about what The Force Awakens would look like. I mean, after that movie was announced and Disney bought Lucasfilm, not a single day went by where I thought about Episode 7 for years. And that – it's kind of the same, but it's kind of not now because it's like you have just enough to where you have a a general idea of where it's going to go. But it's again, just so there's still so much left to fill in that I don't even waste my time doing that. Um, at least this early in the game. I find it mildly hard to believe though, just because I know you're a massive fan. I think if you asked me specific questions, I might be able to tell you. Like, if I think so, like it, we we had an off air discussion the other night where you were like, "Do you think we'll see Snoke in the trailer?" And at the time, I th- had thought yes. So maybe I'm better at illustrating it that way. But as far as like connecting dots, uh, I, I'm not going to be able to do that kind of stuff for you. I don't think this is why it's hard for me to believe because I, I know you're a massive fan, and I know you think about these things. And also know that you are a creative person. You've you've done screenwriting stuff in the in the past before, and and I find it hard to believe that you don't at least run through like, man, wouldn't it be cool if blah 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 happened? Wouldn't it be cool if this happened? And then you probably run that through your logic calculator and and say, oh, maybe it could happen. Okay, so I do do that, but again, it's like I don't. I think it's so uneducated that like it might be a cool idea that I have, but I don't entertain it because I don't think it's actually going to happen in the movie. So you just don't want to vocalize it. No, it's not even that. It's just like, well, what if it would, what if a star Wars movie did this as opposed to since we got this in the force awakens, what if this happens in the last Jedi? It's more of like a general, wouldn't it be cool if instead of like an educated. So I, okay. I just from hearing you talk, something that came into my mind that I considered was is Luke Skywalker going to die in this film? Right. Um, that is something that I've thought about. Um, I say no. Uh, based on the fact they've made it a point to say that this is still a Skywalker trilogy. It is still very much a Skywalker trilogy. And given the fact that I truly do not believe Ray is a Skywalker, that means it's about it's about Luke. And it's about Kylo because of his lineage. And we got that from the poster. And I just have a hard time believing that they're going to kick all of the, um, the, the seniors to the curb, like dominoes, like one by one. Like I, I don't see force awakens killing off Han and then episode eight, killing off Luke and episode nine, killing off Leia. I don't think that was ever part of it. I don't think they have to make that statement. I agree with you that I think it's time to sort of pass the torch, but I think all three movies are about that. Okay. 
Um, I, I don't see Luke dying in this. I think that he will still play a role in episode nine, maybe even more so than ever before because they don't have Carrie Fisher. Uh, yeah, that's the news that we sort so, of talked about uh, on the previous segment. So I don't know if that kind of uh, that kind of uh, tickles your fancy there uh, that I'm going off on that tangent. But th- I just don't see it that way. I I, th- I see it uh, as a very I have a very interesting relationship in mind because so much has built up Ray and Luke's relationship just based on that final scene in The Force Awakens. The fact. I, I can't imagine him dying within two hours of witnessing that relationship, even even with some kind of time jump, whether it be a, a flash forward three years later after the after she first meets him, like something like I just can't I can't picture it being a one and done. That might that might be the best way to put it. Right. So, and it also kind of maybe cheapens Han Solo's death a little bit. Like if it's just if it's just like a. Here's another one. Yeah, I was gonna say if it's just the the gimmick, you get one per movie. I just I don't I don't buy it, and um, I think you have a lot. I think you have a lot to do with that relationship, and uh, that does play into the fact that I think Ray um, is a Kenobi because I it, it's sort of like Luke ha- feels this responsibility to carry her uh, for quite a long time. Hopefully, yeah, I. I'm happy about that. I'm happy that you you've given me your take on that side of things. Now, one more minor question that I have, just just for sort of fun, do you think there's any chance that we get in this movie or even up until episode nine that we see somebody go from good to bad or bad to good? Um, if there's any if there's any movie, in my opinion, where we see somebody go from good to bad. It's the last Jedi. It's not in Episode Nine because I don't know how you wrap up a story doing that, unless then they're like, and there's three more movies after this, which I'm sure there will be. But good to bad, I don't think Luke's gonna turn bad. Like I think he is apathetic to the whole thing, um, but I I don't see him giving up. I I feel like. Like Luke Skywalker would be a really shitty character if he turned evil after Han Solo died. Right. I just think that would, I mean, I would hate that decision. So, as far as good to bad, I, I can't see that happening. There's a lot of people that talk about or speculate on if Kylo is going to go from bad to good. I don't see that happening either. Um, I'm expecting them to sort of stay. I'm expecting them to. He's almost uh, too much of a bastard. Like we've seen it. We've seen it with our own eyes. He's done something so shitty, like killing his father. I think the the only way, if there was like a final moment of sacrifice in Episode Nine from him, then maybe. But you, I, I, because I, I think that he could do something good at the end, but it wouldn't be enough for me to be like. Oh, I'm a Kylo Ren fan now. Like it has to be like, you know what? He needed to do that, but he's because he's been a bitch all along. Like, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's sort of how I see that. I, 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 uh, I don't have that in mind. I don't see any kind of, it, I don't see any kind of arc in that way. So to put, you have a nail in this coffin, the, uh, there will not be 
a Star Wars celebration next year. Is that correct? Correct. So the next thing that we have to look forward to on, on this year's calendar is, is D23. Is that what's next? Uh, Comic-Con is first. Okay, Comic-Con D23 first. happens like a week after that. What do you think we get out of Comic-Con? Maybe that Marvel panel that just disappeared? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, there might be – someone's going to comment. I already know. Marvel thing happened on this night. So it might have already happened. But again, I've seen zero evidence of it um, except with that Phasma announcement. But – um. I don't think the next Last Jedi trailer will come out during either one of those things. Maybe D23. Uh, they might keep it away from Comic-Con. But, I, I mean, I think they liked the idea of having it during Monday Night Football on ABC. So I could see them doing something like that again around September. Um, but, again, who knows? Comic- Comic-Con, I could kind of see them uh, keeping Last Jedi away from Comic-Con and maybe doing that first look at Han Solo. Yeah. At least with the cast. But it's sort of like um, – Well, they're not They're not, sorta, not going to give us give us anything in twenty three. So I don't think – well, okay, it's different because Rogue One never saw the light of day until Force Awakens had come out because the, you, you've talked about how uh, – Warner Brothers is uh, can be confusing people with this Wonder Woman and Justice League stuff uh, being rolled out at the same time. Yes, absolutely. Star Wars has not done that, but the the difference here is that Han Solo comes out six months after the Last Jedi does. Right. So there's going to have to be some overlap. So if anything, I think we might see like a Han Solo panel and a very small tease at Comic Con. Okay, D twenty three. What do you think? What is there left to give us at D23? New, uh, new, new TV show stuff potentially because it's centered it, it, around Disney It depends. XC. I mean, it, it depends on if, um, I don't know if they're going to go ahead and tease what's going to replace Rebels if it's an animated show. So if they are somehow blowing our minds and also promising an animated show to replace Rebels, but also a live action elsewhere, um, that might pop up, which but, live action is just speculation. But the more, the, but the more time I, I, I've I've had to think about that kind of thing, I don't, I just don't know if that's going to happen yet. John Campia seems to believe because apparently he he has a connection with somebody in the team, the yeah. Star Wars animation team that they've already they're already in development. They've been in development for. A significant amount of time oh, on the next an- yeah. animated show. There's no question about that because, I mean, animated shows work a lot differently than live action. I mean, those voice actors like Freddie Prince Jr., all those guys, they've already uh, finished season four entirely. Like, as far as, like, production of those episodes, it's pretty much uh, could that have been those, wrapping up. Could that have so, been those web shorts uh, with, with Ray and No, I mean, those are, th- so. those are like two-minute things per character. I mean, they're... They're great, but they that's not that's Bush League. That's not that's right. not anything more than what we've already heard. So Well I'm excited to sort of keep our, our ear to the ground and of course if it's if it's major news you you guys will hear us talking about it here on Sight and Sound Weekly, I'm sure. And as always, make sure you guys are staying tuned to our YouTube channel. We have so much content. We've done so much content on Star Wars so far. Uh and we I'm sure we're gonna have more coming out as it uh, as stories develop, we've, we've also got music reviews, movie reviews, all of that stuff. You guys know where to find us on YouTube. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that yet. We're also on social media 
at SightSoundPod on Twitter and Instagram. We just announced today on Sunday when we're recording this part uh, that we are on the verge of dropping new merchandise. We're actually sort of working out who is going to be the ones to kind of put that stuff together. So as soon as we figure that out, we're going to launch it for you guys to buy it and stuff. Uh, Got a lot of interesting reactions from people on that stuff. Good stuff, but people wondering where the team dong shirt is. Uh, We had Luke ask about that. And our, uh, my buddy Ross Cassidy also asked about that. Um, I feel a little weird making a team dong shirt. But maybe I'll make that as one of the exclusives. Like, I would never wear that shirt, honestly. But I'm seeing, like, maybe a baseball tee with, uh, like, a baseball-like logo going across okay. it that says hashtag Team Dong. <laughs> in, like, in, like, a sweeping pennant sort of uh, okay. shape. Uh, maybe with a number on it. I don't know what that would be, but we'll see. Anyways, uh, just stay uh, stay tuned to our social media for more announcements and stuff like that. We've got a lot of cool junk going on uh you can also find me on twitter and instagram at j williams share the a to the y to the e you can find me on twitter at what up snell just a reminder uh if you have subscribed to our podcast via itunes you're going to be seeing our leftovers after show appear um so just uh, keep that in mind and watch that show with us please and uh, have those kind of conversations with us because we'd love to talk to you and also follow follow the leftovers on the tv showtime app because that's where the show will appear as well and uh, we have a lot of fun over there uh we also announced on the latest episode of after schmo that we were running um a, a giveaway for all of you schmovillians so if you're listening to this and you're a schmovillian uh, and you haven't subscribed to our YouTube y- channel yet, please do that and just give us some kind of evidence, whether it be um, a heads up on Twitter or a screenshot of some kind. That way we know that you just subscribed. Um, and we're going to, uh, at the end of a couple of weeks, pick a name out and uh, get you a free Schmo's Nose shirt of your choice. And so we're running that giveaway right now. Um, go crazy. And that's all I got. Absolutely. A lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And we'll see you guys on the next one.